Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Game Informer Show, a weekly video game podcast releasing every Thursday. I am your host, Alex Stadnick, and as always, I am honored to be joined by the illustrious Alex Van Aken. Hey, Hello. thanks for having me, Alex. Hello. Thanks for being here. Uh, join us each week alongside a rotating crew of special guests from around the industry and GI editors, which I screwed up, but we're just going to keep on going uh, as we bring you the latest news, reviews, and big man swag your eyes and ears can handle. This week is a weird one, um, to say the least. Uh, if you've been following us, you know uh, about the layoffs. Uh, you know that this is my last show as the host of the GI show. And uh, there's been a lot of emotions and uh, some interesting times uh, that we'll get into here today. But so we're going to talk about all that. Talk a little Bayo 3 release date, mm -hmm, maybe. Mm -hmm. And um, we're going to get into uh, this is going to be mainly a community uh, emails podcast because uh, I know for me, some of the best healing that I've done uh, over the last couple of days is when we played Fall Guys on stream and we got to talk and chill with the community and the vibes are really good, and y'all sent over some awesome questions as well uh, this week. So uh, we're going to keep that going. But first, let me introduce the panel. As always, uh, the uh, I, I still don't have a nickname for you, but Blake Hester, the beautiful boy, king of writing. I don't know what, he's just a king. Look at that man down there. Hello. King of writing. Barely even write anymore, you know. But here king, I am. King editor, maybe. Has the best comment. I don't know what he has. Uh, we also have... Uh, let's redo this intro again what a no, no, no listen folks at home y'all know the the drill y'all know what why it's got to be like this you know i'm sorry yeah but yeah. here i am it's it's weird podcasting today i'm not gonna lie um i don't know jill what the inquisitor of indie games what do you want to go out as for my last show one that you used recently that was really good and i can't remember what it was mm, yeah that feels like a lifetime um, ago yeah. Inquisitor? Everything. Imperator? Imperator. Imperator was one. Inquisitor um, was one. Incinator. The, not Incineroar. Incineroar. Yeah, Incineroar, yeah. of course. I did do an Incineroar. Of course. Uh, uh, the Inspector, the Identifier, the, there's something. like. <laughs> you're yeah. really good at finding indie games is my whole, uh, the whole crux of this. The but. Informer. Yeah, the Informer, the informer of, of Indie Games. There you go. What? Yeah. Wow, that's that took good. us forever okay. to come up with. <laughs> wow. That has the Informer in his job name. His we name. saved the best for last. You know, it was just right under my nose. Yeah. Jill Grote is here. Hello, Jill. Hello. Hi, everyone. Uh, yeah, I am not excited, but looking forward to, I guess, talking about everything that's happened and sharing it with people. And um. Like we love everybody and everyone's been so great. So, uh, yeah, I kind of again like I I I am excited for this episode and also kind of dreading it as well. Right, so. that's the mentality I've had for a bit. So, I mean, let's just jump into it, right? If you haven't been following the news with Game Informer, uh, we got hit with layoffs again. Um, you know, we um unfortunately lost three amazing talented people. Um. John Carson, uh, Wes LeBlanc, and uh, Jeff Akrovic. And Jeff has been here for 14 years, I think I think uh, he said. Mm -hmm. So um, so two really... of our associate editors and the creative director of the magazine. Um, yeah. They were came into work and then didn't have jobs that after that day. Yeah. Um, um, we found out shortly thereafter. And, and I don't believe our management knew either. No. Mm -mm. Yeah. 
No one on the Game Informer side uh, was aware. So here we sit after that, um, processing, grieving, um, like, uh, it sucks. Um, it is, feels cruel, and I don't know what to do about it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it is what it is. Um, so I think, I think this is a good time to highlight how amazing these three people are, um, unless anyone wants to jump in before we sing their praises here and keep going. Um, no, I think that's good. Yeah. Um, John Carson, Pride of Milwaukee. You know him, you love him. Uh, John, for me, was very helpful when it came to like streaming. And, and you know, he helped with video a lot for, for the NGTs and stuff like that. But I think it's John's positivity. And like, I feel like he has the right attitude when it comes to games. He takes things seriously, but it's also like he keeps it in perspective that it is video games and finds the fun in that. And he's like, he's been one of my favorite people that I've gotten to work with. And I, I'm, I'm, I already miss working with him and talking about Pokemon too. Like that was the thing. Like he and I had the Pokemon connection too. Like one of my favorite things I ever got to work on was with him and Wes. And we just like, uh, made the, the Pokemon ranking. Like we took like a day or two and just like hashed it out. And it was so good. And it was so fun. And I also oh got my to- God, I remember editing that. That was a cool piece. Yeah. I, I wasn't sure I, where you're going to take that one. Yeah. I remember like I felt like, this. <laughs> yeah. I remember I felt like I was reading a different language the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. You weren't I aware of wrote, Incineroar or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I wrote maybe to you, but also to John, just various critiques. Cause obviously the, the, the list had been finalized at that point and we were just editing, but I'm like, I can't believe that you chose this person or like, good, good thing that you chose this. Cause any other thing would be incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised we didn't get more. I don't know if we ever put that online. Maybe we should, but uh, we did. That, did we? we, yeah, we did, Cause I had people did. come and talk to me about it. Did you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Any, any y'all want to chime in about John? Any, any fun experiences yeah. um, and that kind of stuff? I just, he was so here for the team. You know, it was just amazing that if you needed a help, helping hand, he was there for it. Um, I remember very specifically having sort of a, a fast deadline, or a deadline that was coming up fast. And um, he had to step out to like go drive his wife to the airport or something like that. And I was desperately looking for anybody to look over my uh my piece and he stopped in his car like at the airport like i don't know if he had a laptop or was on his phone but he did it from that <laughs> in that weird position like right. just to make sure i had what i needed um and i'm like game informer isn't the same with with him gone and like that's the same to different degrees and for different reasons for a lot of the people that are not here anymore. Um, but man, love you, John. Yeah, I think John was like a jack of all trades here. Like he he did everything here. He wrote for the magazine. He he wrote for the website. Obviously, he did the whole news. He was co-hosting one of our podcasts. He was streaming. I mean, there's not really a thing he didn't touch. He was helping with new gameplay today is on the YouTube side. Like he literally touched every part of game informer apart from like programming and like design, you know what I mean? Like 
He just you would have done all. it if you asked him to, though. Yeah, he like, would have. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he was always, I mean, I can count on one finger the amount of times he told me no. There's many other times he should have told me no, but he took on, took on extra work to help the team. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, it's just a, a huge loss to the Game Informer team. Um, I hope that he finds work quickly. I already know people were were in my DMs asking about John and also the others, but I just hope he finds something that is satisfying and um, that he ends up in a better spot, a uh, better place. And I'm just so sorry that he had to, you know, he, he was here for a year and he worked his ass off and now he's gone, not on his own terms either, um, which is a shame. So, yeah, John John is a huge loss. You can follow him uh, at John underscore Carson to keep up with his work. And I just encourage everybody to go share encouraging words to him. Uh, even if you haven't used Twitter in two years, if you can remember, remember your password, just go ahead and send him a nice message just saying, you know, sorry and encouraging him. I think it would mean a lot. Yeah, uh, if you're just somebody give him a in the wall of hearts. Yeah, if you're yeah. somebody in the industry looking at the listening to this and you know of openings, um please 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 think of of him, think of Wes, think of Jeff Akervic, our creative director. Um so yeah. John helped me move into my apartment before he had ever met me. <laughs> I forgot he was there for that. It yeah. might sound like a flippant thing to say. When people are like, oh, John, he's amazing. He touched every piece of Game Informer, which is true. But John had never, like, before we'd even hung out as humans, John helped me move. And here's the thing about John, because Alex and Alex were also there, but they live two minutes away. John does not live close to me. And he no. drove all the way here, yeah. helped me move, drove all the way home, and then later that night, drove all all the way back to hang out then drove all the way home this man drove like two to three hours round trip <laughs> yeah the first day he ever knew me just to help me and then to kick it a little bit at spy house yeah that's, Shout out. that's a real one alex was there he remembers yeah. i'll tell you what i wouldn't drive 10 minutes to help someone i didn't know move <laughs> <laughs> Especially, I wouldn't drive five minutes to help someone. John drove 30 minutes four times. Mm -hmm. That's absurd. Oh, this maybe. camera. This camera is also stop absurd. Putting your head up. Yeah. It'll focus. There we go. <laughs> anyway, yeah. that's what you need to know about John. If you want to move to Minnesota, hit him up. He'll help you. <laughs> he'll help you. I'm yeah. sure he'll appreciate that. John underscore Carson. John Remember helped that on me Twitter. move into this damn apartment so good. I still live here. Facts. And Blake does not want to live there anymore. Uh, well, that has little to do with John. Yeah. Um, but anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't mean that flippantly. Like I no. think that honestly speaks to his character that he went so, so far out of his way that many times in one day to help me. Yeah. It's absurd. John's a gem, a hundred percent. And this feel like let's call this spade a spade. This feels weird because they're not dead, but we're yeah. giving them an obituary. Like this is just this feels weird, but also like especially because I know I know you industry peeps are listening to the show like y'all have reached out y'all are amazing right like please if you have any sort of opening for these three awesome human beings like seriously or if it's just like maybe a lead like something you know freelance um, piece whatever yeah. I'm sure mm -hmm. they're mm -hmm. they're yeah. open 
let let Wes make a pirate game. You know, that's that's all he talks about. You know, <laughs> um, speaking of Wes, I think Jack of all trades also perfectly encapsulates who Wes is too. Like I, Alex, I don't think this is hyperbole. Like sometimes I don't know what we would have done without Wes on the YouTube yeah. page. Like yeah. there was a couple like Diablo interviews that Alex and I just couldn't do. Right. And he ended up doing them, doing a great job with the edit, the capture, like the video and all of it. And they were huge videos for us. Oh, yeah. Like, they're massive, like hundreds of thousands of views. Right. Yeah. And it, and it wouldn't even matter, though, even if they did. No, yeah, it doesn't views, matter. You know but I'm I mean? just but saying, like, like, yeah, he put in the work and he also got results right. you know, for us. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty of Wes is like, you know, I, I call him the news hound. Like uh, he just that stems from just his uncanny ability to pick good stories right and and interesting angles and you know i feel like he was just getting started with that you know he was doing great yeah. work at ign right but like here it felt like you can kind of tell when someone gets it right and like wes got it you know and still does get it um and it should be said he's still writing our cover story for us our next cover story yeah um, i believe that's public knowledge um but yeah, yeah. and he's gonna so. do a fantastic job and i'm excited to read it um and you know wes i feel like it's funny like watching i i said this offline but it's funny watching the new people now that i've established right like kind of their journey on camera and like wes was getting to the point too where he just i mean he's been doing it for a little bit right but he'll just throw out those just bonkers takes sometimes about like milk and mario games and all of it and it was like that was that was an energy that like kept me going and like had me excited to have him on the podcast while also being very knowledgeable and passionate about the games that he loved. You know, yeah. he is he loves Sea of Thieves, like that kind of stuff. Like, and it's just he's such an interesting dude. And uh, once again, any any staff anywhere is going to be lucky to to scoop up Wes. Yeah, I think that's that's the thing for me that kind of in, embodies what Wes brings to the table is just like that energy. It like gets you up in the morning and enthused and like he's going in like it's a hard situation but he's excited and ready to go and it makes you feel excited and ready to go and uh the day of the layoffs was unfortunately his birthday um but it was so strange because uh the the slack channel was so full of just everybody before we knew that he was gone wishing him happy birthday and having excitement. I don't think he knew at that point either. I think, yeah, I think he was just blissfully unaware. And, and it was sort of helpful to have that. It was bizarre, but it was sort of helpful to have that for the rest of the day to see just the outpouring of love and excitement that he inspired that day, but also just highlighting how much game informer is, is, connected to each other right yeah yeah i was I in the i was in the process of poaching west for the magazine team like dude is so talented it's i, I, remember, I remember reading his first big feature it was the metaverse piece right yeah definitely. yeah and just knocked it out of the park man it was just yeah. such an interesting angle i think that you know you give him an assignment he's not when he pitches stories he's not like trying to go in and and take shortcuts and yeah. make it the quickest story possible like he's all about digging and putting in the hard work to make it a piece worth reading and i think that shines through in in his writing 
Wes is also uh, one of the more mature writers I've ever worked with in that he takes edits like a champ. I think, um, not to say, you know, Wes hadn't had a career before Game Informer, but, you know, it wasn't long. It wasn't, you know, he hadn't been doing it for 15 years. And, like, him coming in and just taking edits, like, the best, one of the best writers I've ever worked with, just, like, the willingness to get better and learn and you know really like um really take like edits to heart always showed to me that like he was really like he was just going to excel even further than he was just like out the gate you know because he was like he always had not only was he a great writer and did really great on his features like he had this complete openness to like finding the key areas where he could improve and where he could do better. And like, that's something that he will carry forward probably for the rest of his life. And it's probably something he does in other areas of his life, which, you know, I would wager makes him a great person in general, but like, um, he is going to be one of those, one of those writers we look at in like 10 years where it's like, yeah, he's the best of the best. And, you know, it comes down to like little things, like just always being willing to have an open ear about his own writing. Um, I think that's like mature beyond his ears. Yeah. Something yeah. you don't always see to be quite frank. Yeah. So yeah. was always refreshing. Yeah. Also so fun working on Game Enforcer with him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't know if I mean I to be fair, I didn't know what we were getting into and neither did yeah. he. But yeah. Fun times. Yeah. And then and I'm sad to see him go, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> that is an understatement. I, yeah. Um and then we can't forget the legendary Jeff Akrovic. Uh, for those who don't know, man has been responsible for the visual style, the magazine layout, like for 14 years. Like uh, he was our creative director um, and just a, an invaluable asset from top to bottom. Like, you know, I think I was listening to Min Max show the other day and he said he was even on like Hanson brought him on GI show at one point. Like, you know, mm -hmm. another dude who, whose passion was just, infectious right like I, I vividly remember when i first came on as an intern after the first round of layoffs um you were an intern after that after them i was oh, the wow. last i was the last intern or it's uh, one of the last interns after the layoffs yeah dang mm -hmm. yeah i sucks yeah uh nice little little bookends that we'll get into here in a bit but um and you know you could feel the the sadness in the office, reasonably so, right? Um, but Jeff always did a good job of making me feel included, even as an intern. And then when I got hired on, and it wasn't just that, it was his kindness was one thing, but he also like wasn't afraid to give me feedback, which I, is invaluable to me. That's the only way I really learn is if someone's like, hey, this is great, this is great, this isn't good, like, you know, that kind of thing. And Jeff was always willing to to lend his creative expertise especially when it came to like thumbnails or like text on screen and you know what i mean like the more visual aspects of of my videos and stuff like that and i he pushed me to be better while also being just a great person to talk to and you know i ran into him at timberwolves games and stuff like that and like we had that shared sports love too which was really great um and like i i feel better for working with all these people but jeff especially too because like he was he was so excited about video and what we're doing and so complimentary of of the work Alex and I were doing and yeah but it wasn't like I said it wasn't 
disingenuous like it wasn't the minnesota nice of yeah you're doing you're doing great you know it was like hey this is great but like you guys could improve here or like what about yeah, this? Yeah, he, he would like, tell you to it straight, which I always respected. Yeah. I think, like, coming in even much a uh, year after you, um, when I would say things were not great internally, um, as part of the, yeah, it just, there was a lot of the layoffs, the first round of layoffs did a number on Game Informer. And coming in, it was like, should I take this job? Uh, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I decided to, and I'm glad I did. Um, but Jeff was like, yeah, he, I mean, he was, he was one of our leaders. Like he was up, he's up there with Reiner, Shay, Miller, um, Mags nice. now yeah, on the production end. Like he was one of our top leaders and like, he's been with us for 14 years. And if you've read one of our magazines in the last 14 years, he helped put it together. Um, like he helped lead that charge and, you know, he, he didn't owe me anything coming in. Especially, I mean, we're in two different departments, but he was, like you said, complimentary when, when, uh, I, I always trusted when he told, when he gave me compliments because right. he'd tell me when stuff wasn't up to snuff or how I could, he was, he was a good teacher. Uh, and even though I only worked with him for what, like 18 months, I felt like I learned a lot, um, in terms of like branding and graphic design and just how to make things look better. Um, and he was very good about catching little details that a lot of people don't catch. And that's the stuff that makes you, really excel i feel like um he was really good at always pointing that out and i felt like he brought me under his wing along with a lot of the other new hires Uh, you know even if we we didn't interact on a day-to-day basis we did still chat often and i just wish that we would have had an office because i would have gotten to work with him in person um and that would have been really really awesome i think um but yeah Jill and I worked pretty close with Jeff um, being on the magazine team and uh, Jeff being the lead of his department when he would work on one of your features, which is not to say he only designed the cover stories. Obviously he didn't, but like he, he was definitely a frequent, you know, designer of the cover story. And, but when he, when he would design one of your features that wasn't a cover story, it was like, Oh, they're bringing the big dogs in (laughs) wild. Like I remember he did a, my Derek U story and uh, oh the yeah Sonic, the Sonic yeah. issue and I was like oh bosses on this one and yeah. it carried away which is not to diminish Lele or Monica who are both like individually Incredible. some some of the best artists I've ever seen in my life but you know what I'm saying it's like it's like if uh I don't know um the the owner of the Chicago Bulls came down and it's like an anime when like the sensei like takes off the gloves and is like it's time like i'm watching naruto right now it's when kakashi gets in the fight yeah um, it's like oh damn like they're it's on yeah um (laughs) i don't know he uh he was like great and uh he he had a patience that cannot be understated because i'm probably the most annoying person he's ever worked with in terms of just like, he would give me a word count and I would always say, so what, how, what can I go over? (laughs) And he would always be patient and he would always let me go over, even though I know it got under his skin. Um, cause he made fun of me for it the other night when we were out at the house. (laughs) (laughs) But like that is honestly like, uh, I think really valuable because he's a graphic designer and obviously he wants his work 
to show. And he would always be patient and let the word speak, even though, you know, maybe it wasn't what he personally wanted. He always wanted what was maybe best for the piece. And if the piece needed more characters, he would find a way to always make that happen. Or if he just had a writer who um, is bad at being concise, which is me, um, <laughs> he would also make concessions to make that happen for them. Um, so God bless him. He also likes the band Hum. Not many people talk about Hum. No. But Jeff did. No. And that was a common connection him and I had. Hum. Go listen hum, to him. Huh? <laughs> Their album, You'd Prefer an Astronaut? Unbelievable. Okay. Shouts out to Hum. Friends of the show. <laughs> Jill, <laughs> any any thoughts here? Yeah. Um, besides just being an authentic and genuine human being, like you guys nailed it on the head, where if he gave you a compliment, you knew that it meant something because he wasn't, you know, talking around his talking out his mouth or anything like that uh i mean he does talk out his mouth (laughs) out the side of it anyway yeah Uh jill actually you called me out for saying hands in the stew earlier what the hell was i decided not to bring that up when you said you were getting hands earlier and i thought it was being very kind but now that now that you've mentioned it, yeah, Blake said something very silly about hands and stew, people. <laughs> At least I didn't say Jeff Akervik didn't talk with his mouth. <laughs> what that no, mean? I said I said he didn't speak out the side of his mouth. Is that oh, saying? That's true. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. even anyway, the, say, the saying is side I'm of your I'm trying to neck. say nice it's... things about Jeff Akervik over here. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he did have... It, it, I mean, it was so sad because it was he was working on one of my pieces for the magazine which i had not gotten in by the time that they um did the layoffs so i won't get to see what that piece would look like uh with his magic um i'm sure it will turn out lovely and it'll be wonderful but you know i was really looking forward to working with him and and having that beautiful piece in the magazine um you know he was a wonderful person just to have on the team and he was pretty he was straight up like if he was upset about something he said it like he wasn't really about word salading and saying you know what the official thing was uh, he was always straight up and 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 honest and leveled with you. So he yeah. is an amazing talent, and I'm sure whatever he does, he's just gonna absolutely make it better. <laughs> um, I don't know what that is. I don't know if he knows what that is, but I'm really, I'm not at all worried for him. But I am also wishing him the best. Right. Yeah. You know, I've been thinking, and I didn't tell Jeff this, and I should have. And I don't know if this is what he wants for his life. I'm just, I'm just speaking out the side of my mouth. Um, Guys, it's the side of your neck. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. What? It's the All side right. of your neck. I'm what speaking out my stew, hands though? in the stew. Yeah. 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 I, I would yeah. love to see Jeff become an art director on a video game series. I think that oh, would be, be so, so cool. sick. I think, I don't know if that's what he wants for himself. I, I know he loves editorial design. Um, and, but I just kept thinking about that. I'm like, he has such an eye for bringing like a cohesive look to something and to make it. Uh, yeah. We're going to miss him. It's real, real sad. I got a funny story about Jeff. Hit us. 
where you're doing the Elden Ring cover story on the two-page layout that's like the introduction when you read a magazine you get to the big feature there's usually a two-page spread that's like this is the feature you're about to read um we were doing that and i uh for whatever reason was having trouble reading the text of the two-page intro spread and i went to jeff and i was like hey man we gotta change this font can't do it can't read it my eyes i keep looking at it don't know what this says he didn't reply <laughs> and i noticed i noticed the next week the the page had gone through the same text and i messaged him i was like hey did you see this and i was like yeah 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 i saw it i was thinking about it and i showed it to my daughter who i don't know how old she is but we'll say early stages of being able to read and he said she had no problem reading it and i was like <laughs> <laughs> i was like well i'm gonna assume that means i'm incorrect <laughs> you're right <laughs> That's hilarious. And that is uh that is the text that magazine shipped with. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but I'll never forget and be like, I showed my daughter and he told me your age, and I was like, Oh, I guess this is a me problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It's incredible. Um we had a we had a community question, and a lot of people in the community have asked this, right? It's like, how can we support these people? You can follow them on Twitter, right? Um, you can uh, you know. If you're in the industry, like, you know, you can consider this our recommendation letter for all three of them, right? Like, um, I would recommend all three of them for any position anywhere, right? But, you know, anytime you see another article, another job posting, like, tag them in it. You know what I mean? Like, that kind yeah. of stuff. Like, that helps a lot. Uh, you know, just make those connections where, you're, where you can. Because um, they'll need them. Because, like, I don't know if y'all noticed, but uh, inflation is miserable right now. Like, this is a scary time in life to not have a job. So, um, you know, I think following them on Twitter, making them aware of job postings. Um, you know, if you have a podcast or something like that, invite them on. Like as you, if, if you watched them on kind of funny or min max, you know, wherever, like they're great, they're great on camera. Like, you know, the, I think your audience will really like getting to know them. I saw nothing but positive comments and like chaos comments in a section and stuff like that. Like, um, Anytime, anything, things like that go a long way because Van Aken said it the other week. It's like you never know who's following you or who watches or who happens to click on a thumbnail that has them in it at any given time. So that's what I, I don't know. Any, any other ways you guys can think of? At least John, I don't know about the rest of them, but John does a stream. So check him out on Twitch. I believe it's John Carson Games. Mm -hmm. Give him your Twitch Prime subs. Yeah. 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 I feel like echoing what you all are saying, just like keep up with their work. Just when someone stops working at an outlet, it doesn't mean they disappear off the face of the planet. Like the practicalities of capitalism means they are going to have to get jobs and they might be public facing jobs where you can keep up intimately with what they're doing, especially a writer like John. Um, so just like, don't treat them like <laughs> they're dead once they right. leave gaming for me. Like very funeral-like moment we're having here like they well, are not dead i mean yeah exactly i think there's there's reason to mourn the loss of co-workers even though you know they like their physical well-being has been like unimpacted um of course their emotional well-being has been uh, impacted quite greatly but um yeah i mean just like if john lands john or john or jeff or wes anyone wherever they land just keep up with their work the way you did here like don't right let that change because they're not under the GI banner anymore. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And hopefully they'll lead you to 
other cool, you know, outlets that you might yeah. really enjoy by following their work. I do want to plug John. We mentioned John is at John Carson games on Twitch, right? Yep. You can go subscribe, throw them your extra, throw him your extra bits, put money in his pocket, right? If you want to go support Wes, he's got a dragon ball podcast called yeah. dragon ball speak. They've got a Patreon patreon.com slash dragon ball speak. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. <laughs> you never knew. Do I follow yeah. him on Twitter? It'd be such a weird thing to like. This. Yeah. He doesn't. Yeah. Jonathan, or um, Wes hasn't posted a ton about it. Uh, but but it's no there. Idea. They have a Patreon. Shots I think the Patreon's pretty picture. new. I think he might have thrown it together when he got laid off. So go support that. Throw him, you know, a few bucks a month. That can go a long way. Yeah. I'm going to ask Wes to explain who son Goku is to me. Yeah. And why he's just not called Goku. Yeah. I don't understand. It's because the Saiyans refer to him as Son Goku. He's the Vegeta is the Prince of Saiyans, but Bardock is Goku. Um, is Goku's dad? So why is his hair he's, blue? Well, he just goes well, Super in, Saiyan. He's just. I mean, regular Goku is also Son Goku. It's what the the Saiyans refer oh, to. Oh, I thought he's maybe the bl- blue hair indicated something that made him Sun. No, no, no. no. That's Super Saiyan oh. God form. I think it's either yeah, the right or the uh, yeah. Oh. That's SSGS, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, Sun Gohan is just like his Saiyan name. Oh, like, I, I appreciate that we're all trying to help educate uh, Blake on this, but we're supposed to be letting Wes do this on his podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Well, well no, this say, is the preamble, you know? Now, <laughs> now our audience is ready for that show. We're wetting their appetite for yeah. Can I say or... really quick, just quick playlist? Uh, entry grade Son Goku from the Bandai Action Figure or Action Rise series. Great, you can buy these at Target. Can't recommend them. Target, Target Boutique. Target has some really good model kits. I got that one there and the Demon Slayer to- t- Tanjiro or whatever. I'm not yeah. really sure what his name is. Bought them both there. Very good little selection. But you can't. Don't go their toy aisle. Go to the collectibles aisle, which is usually yeah. near the DVDs and books. I right. bought my I bought my brother one year for Christmas a My Hero Academia statue from Target. Uh, yeah, uh, they have all kinds. Awesome. All Might, I think. Yeah. Some of the targets are better than others. It doesn't seem to be like universal stock, but the one near me in St. Louis Park, not to dox myself, but I'm moving <laughs> soon. Whatever. Um, also, like go to that Target, I guess. Um, maybe you'll see me. Um, they have a great selection. The one right outside Midtown, though, pretty mid if you you know, mm. it's in the name. Trying to figure out how we got here. Yeah. How did we end up raiding targets? <laughs> Who knows? It's a local business. They're from Minnesota. Shout out to the local business yeah. target. Indie yeah. company really, you know. Yeah, struggling. Really if if there was one support. thing I don't like so far about the Action Rise series or the Figure Rise series is they don't stand very well, but they you can't use the action base stands with them. I, I guess you could oh. use the, the pincers on them, but that I don't know. Mm. Anyway, that they fall a lot, which bums me out. That is a bummer. They look you need to make a uh, Nimbus cloud for Goku. Ooh, there you go. Oh, that's really good. That's yeah. really good. Yeah. But you know what? The 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 like regular gun plus, they all have like little holes in them and whatnot. You can yeah. put the because the pincers look so stupid. It's like I'm not doing that. I wanted. Why use don't you get some super glue? I guess I could. I mean, Goku has this stand on his foot, but it doesn't really work so it's well. Like See, take, take that yeah. off and put him on a Nimbus cloud with super glue. But Tanjiro, he has nothing. He's just freewheeling out here. Please, Alex, more, let me give you 10 more seconds of this. Okay. 
Can I show my Ava unit zero? Check this out. Five seconds. Look at my Kale statue from League of Legends. Five. Pretty cool. That's was doing it. This is the real grade series. Jeff. Wes, John, we love y'all so much. We appreciate every second that you were with us at GI. And uh, we are all better for working with you. So we appreciate y'all so much. Um, but the hits keep coming. But the hits keep coming. Um, I've been dreading this for a minute, but we're going to get into it. So I, uh, those three, start this. Um, I am leaving Gaming Former. After, um, I know, right? I'm surprised. Um, what? After almost three years here, uh, this is my last show. I know uh, people who follow me on Twitter know. I know people who follow me or who are in our Discord know. But um, if you're just if you just listen to the podcast, uh, you know, I uh, so my last show is host. The Alex and Alex era is coming to a uh, an end here, uh, but. Just like the three who we mentioned aren't dying, like Kim Former's not dying either. The podcast isn't dying either. Um, and you're not uh, dying. I'm not dying. Correct. I am. I am. I've. I'm exciting new opportunity. I can't talk about yet. You know how it goes in games industry, rights. Um, but I guess what I can say about it is, uh, this is the hardest professional thing I've ever had to do. Um, you know, when I came here, I was at an ad agency that I was, you know, happy to leave, even though I was going to be going to be an intern and losing my health insurance and that kind of stuff. Like that was kind of a no brainer because this was the dream, right? Leaving in my mind earlier than I wanted to, I very clearly remember getting there. I was like, I'm gonna have a Hanson run like nine years, like 10 years. I want to be here a decade. Like I'm not going to. I remember thinking to myself, I want to be here for, I'm not going to look for another job for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then situations change, you know, um, priorities change. And, um, you know, there's just some, some stuff that uh, I couldn't ignore. There was an offer that I couldn't ignore, you know, um, and uh, it's something I've, languished with this isn't a response to the layoffs i saw a couple of people on reddit wonder that this has been i've been uh doing a lot of soul searching over the last month or two and like this is a result of that not what's happened um within the last week so um there's just there's moments in life where it's like i am so scared of this opportunity but that tells me i need to do something about it you know and that's just what this is you know what i mean like it's not that's all there is to it it's it's a new opportunity for my family and i um my fiance and i i should say like i'm not gonna say where but we're literally like next week like moving across the country like this is like this apartment's not gonna be ours here in in a couple weeks like this is my whole life is changing with with something like this and um you know the as much as like this the layoff stuff hasn't been fun like i've needed a new adventure too like minneapolis is my home and i i love it so much but like i i've i've needed to get out um covid has left its scars right um the unnecessary actions of a certain police department have left its scars here you know what i mean it's just been the last couple of years have been a lot and um i'm someone who 
needs new things to do, right? And new experiences. And this opportunity that I'm taking is the very definition of that and a chance to start fresh and do something that I am incredibly excited for. Um, and I mean, like, it's not a, I don't think I'm ruining anything or getting myself in trouble by saying I'm still editing, right? Like, and I'm going to be chasing that passion, right? Of, of editing video. And um, I'm excited to see where that takes me because it is, it is a, a chance to really grow in that field and, and do something really great. And I cannot wait for that, but I am, just know anyone listening like this is this is the like I said this is the hardest thing I think I've ever had to do in my adult life when it comes to my career because like I this community has given me so much you who's on this podcast panel with me have given me so much and Reiner Shay like the entire leadership like Andy Mack Dan Tack like everyone Reeves like I, I just have so many people to be thankful for so just like just know this isn't this is as much as it's hard. I understand to see another GI person go out the door. Like it's really hard for me too. Um, yeah, yeah. I just feel like I we're, just word vomited everywhere. So no, I no, no. But. We're really gonna miss you, dude. Uh, we've known for a while. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's. I feel like I'm losing my my other half. You know, my other video. The Council of Alex's is is no more. It's vanquished, for now. Under this um, current banner, right? Yeah, yeah, under this current banner. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just want to thank you for for fighting for me. I said it on Twitter. I'll say it here. I don't. I wouldn't have a job without you. You know, you told I wasn't gonna apply, but you you literally messaged me you're like, "Hey, you should apply." I was like, "Man, maybe I will." Uh, but I, I had lost faith in actually being a part of the industry at that point. I was like, "There's no way like I'm gonna get a job. Like it's just so hard. You have to be so lucky." Uh, and I just feel like I'm not the right candidate um, to make that happen. And and you messaged me, and it really, it literally changed my life. Um, and yeah, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have any of this without without you. It, and there's so many parts of my life that are so much better because of that message you sent me. Um, my personal life is just so enriched. I love my coworkers. I've never had that feeling. I mean, some like old, old, old coworkers might be listening to this shout out to you, but like everybody else, <laughs> I just didn't have a big connection with, but like literally, like, I feel like I was in, I, I say this with, um, with awareness that we are a workplace, uh, we are a corporation and I don't let this influence, you know, my career per se, but it does feel like a family here. And we're not, I don't say that, like, I, I feel like we all mean that, but I know that toxic workplaces use that to manipulate people, but in the sense of like camaraderie and, um, we're really close friends. Yeah, like, we are. Yeah. yeah. And, and I've had other companies in the past that called, uh, called themselves, you know, a family. And I'm like, that's total BS. Like nobody here cares about the other people. Like it's just a tactic to like get you to work right. uh more than than what you're paid for um but but i really i do think of game informer as a family and when somebody comes it's it's really it comes in it's really exciting you get to like you know show them the ropes and and welcome them and when they leave you know you mourn their their departure but at the same time you're really excited for what they get to do because you are invested in their life and you want to see them succeed 
um and like their wins are a reflection of their hard work but also you know um where they came up at you know and it's it's just like really cool to play a small part in your story and i just want to thank you for for playing such a huge part in mine you know like i said wouldn't have a job without you uh you fought for me from the beginning of the hiring process through to your final day tomorrow or what's today for, for your final day on yeah, friday yeah you mm-hmm. you had my back i'd like to think i had yours and it was just a really awesome relationship that i had not experienced in a workplace before now um, i mean like so i'm gonna miss you I, that's really really nice but i like I, it is disingenuous to say like you know you are such a a effervescent talent that like you would have landed if you kept going like I mean and the reason I reached out because it was the Fortnite video that you did about your family and how it connected them and I was like I know in this moment I need to scoop him up at GI otherwise someone (laughs) else will and it will just be a missed opportunity for us because like you literally (laughs) like I was struggling so hard after Leo left right because it was like it was just me doing video reviews, the podcast, like NGTs, the whole thing, right? And I, I needed someone and someone who understood video at a, on a deeper level, right? Like I, you know, I loved the idea of, of training someone, right? But I was like, in this moment, I was like, with the console launches coming up too, and our covers, I was like, we need someone It's a wild time to come into an, <laughs> into this job. You came in and it was literally like, here's this Spider-Man video that they've all been doing like 100K, almost a milli plus. And oh, by the way, we also have two consoles coming out and a whole re- review season. Good luck. But like, <laughs> we did it. We kicked yeah. ass when we did it too. Like those videos yeah. were great. And I literally like, I, I wouldn't be here today without you. You know what I mean? Like that's, and th- doing this podcast with you has been an absolute joy. And yeah, this era has been so much fun. And I like, I love working with Leo, right? In the small time I got to work with Hanson, I'd loved that too but it's just like this felt like the first time we could actually like create something and even that feels like incomplete like i've thought a lot about that like you know there's a lot of things that i wanted to do that we didn't get to do um yeah we we had a lot of plans and and some of that stuff is still in the works but it'll be different you know yeah yeah 100 percent um but yeah i can't I, i literally couldn't do this job without you and um very very thankful that that we got to do this all this together so yeah i appreciate you too man it flew by i literally don't even know what time is anymore like it's (laughs) like it's 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 wild to me that i've been here already three years like you know almost three years i should say yeah i'm almost two years yeah Yeah. Um, october for me and november for you right yeah uh or no september so i started as an intern oh yeah you're right september 11th and yeah. uh, I always felt weird about commemorating my uh, yeah my my anniversary there. So yeah, can I? Yeah, go ahead. Before I'd ever met Alex Stadnick, he helped me move into this apartment. <laughs> uh, what can you say? I mean, oh my god. I mean, I can't wait to see what you do at Game Query. That's where you're going next, dude. Like, <laughs> he's just gonna be mad at me. Like, you. That's can't actually say that. that's actually funny. That was the way you and I started talking before I even applied to this job. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember you. Uh, you. Uh, I I was a big fan of Game Informer. Obviously, having grown up with the magazine and been an intern, and I remember when you came on, you were on replays, which I watched religiously back then. 
Um, I remember you showing up on those. Maybe you were an intern. I can't quite remember. Um, I was I don't like, think... who? Yeah. I, was, I was like, who the hell is this guy? Wasn't a fan. I'll be honest with you. And this is what happened. <laughs> this is what happened, Alex. This is what happened because I'm just a curmudgeon. I remember a few weeks into you being on replay, mm-hmm. I was like, "This Alex dude's pretty sick." <laughs> like, uh-huh. I completely changed course, and I think it was shortly after that I reached out to you and we started talking on Twitter. Um, do, you, do you remember the episode? I don't. I remember okay. maybe like a Max Payne episode you were on. And a Batman Arkham one, I know you were on. Like, dope. Yeah. yeah. Like, I remember definitely watching them in my parents' basement because I'd moved back in during, like, COVID mm. times. So it was yeah. right around oh, yeah. then that I was watching a ton of replay. Anyway, and I remember of the first few episodes you were on, like, really reversing course on my initial impressions to be like, this is the f- I'm sorry. Yeah, it's your last <laughs> episode. Yeah. I'm going to make you work for it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I remember really flipping around and being like, this dude rules. And then... Uh, uh started messaging you on twitter and talking to you and uh i uh i have obviously in my time here worked a lot closer with van aiken um which is which i have loved van aiken and me i think are a a dynamic duo but you know kind of just from one step removed watching everything you do for game informer um this place basically runs on a day-to-day because of you uh, because of you and VA, I should say, uh, but like you, you have been um, kind of one of the cornerstones holding this this operation together. Um, watching you and Alex work together has been pretty awesome. I'm uh, having not worked with Hanson or Leo or Hanson and Wade or Jason A Striker, blah blah blah, et cetera, et cetera. I I could not imagine a better team of video editors, at least for yourselves than yourselves um i granted i wasn't in every meeting but you know i'd hang out sometimes while you all were doing your video stuff at spy house and whatnot and like it never seemed like there was anything coming from you two other than uh just like if not excitement at least the drive and passion to do it you know even when you 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 were doing videos maybe you weren't so stoked you had to do right you were like (laughs) you were always pulling your way and like um personally you have uh been one of the cornerstones of my life this past year you were you and va were uh, sorry uh one of the people who went way out of your way to make sure i felt comfortable in a new city and the only thing i will not miss about you is your stupid joke about my dog being yours <laughs> i never liked that joke it was nice that you let Blake have Reagan for this video. Um, I, I thought it would be fitting since I'm moving away if Blake could see her one more time, you know? And I I think it's so funny that one of the last things you're going to do in the city you were born and raised in was go see Larry Clark's seminal film, Kids. It's yeah. hilarious to me. If that, that's that doesn't tell you be... how close we are, I don't know what can. I don't know like what I could convey to you that, yeah. that would express otherwise. W- one of the last things you get, one of your last memories of being a Minnesota resident, being seeing a movie you almost assuredly will not enjoy. <laughs> Open about mind, that a museum, specifically uh, that's like intimately about a city you don't live in. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So I think that's just great. But golly, um, I have 
privately been feeling the weight of not having you down the street from me. Um, so much so that I'm leaving Uptown and moving to <laughs> Merriam Park. I can't live can't even here without you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's, that's my piece. That's all I got to say. Yeah, uh, no, you you said it. Um, yeah. Cutting onions over here. Um, yeah, I was. I'm very um, proud of you for getting through so much of that and not just being waterworks. Uh, I was waiting for it. I thought for a second there you were going to snap, but Almost you're holding it together. Yeah. I also thought that you were going to turn to Van Aken and tell him that actually you weren't that close of friends. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, this is getting serious. Um, and I wish so much that I had had more time with you. So, like, y'all don't know this, who most of you who are watching, but, like, Static is just a wonderful human being. Like, he starts every message with, hey, friend. And, like, I can't imagine that working for anybody except for him. Because he means it when he says, like, he just wants to remind you that, that you are close to him and that you he cares about you, even if he's just asking for whether or not that video clip came in. Like, the first thing he wants to do is make sure that you know you're, you're cared about. Um, and that's, that's basically, like, his legacy in my mind. Um, I came in, and it was scary joining Game Informer and, like... He didn't know me, I didn't know him, and we've never met in person. I hope that changes soon. Um, and he reached out and was like, hey, I want to make sure you're okay. Like, it can be overwhelming, it can be scary to join a team like this. Um, and, like, he had no reason to do that. He just decided to make sure I was okay. And... Like, that's not normal. That's not a common thing that happens. And it really does feel like a lot of the reason this place feels a lot like a family is because of that kind of love. And we're going to miss you. And so excited that you're doing amazing things. Like, do not think for a second that we want you to stay. Like we would love to have get you. out of here. Go away. Yeah, we're gonna put so many more hands into stews. Okay, but we want you to do what makes you the happiest, and I really hope that this is it. And I wish, I wish that was here. You know, um, but you know, life just life is life, and we continue to move on and like that's something it's like i've thought a lot about like what what's my legacy here you know like after after like ben and leo and stuff like that and it's like i was just like because i i wasn't an idiot like i knew what i was walking into right but i was like if i just like stay try to uplift as many people as i can like then i'll have done a good job and i don't know if i did i feel like sometimes i come off corny or like whatever but like I I don't know. I just like I I worked my ass off and like for three years I tried to like prove that we're one of the best channels, one of the best places in the on the internet for games. And I think I did that to a certain extent, but I just yeah, 
Like you got me on that. Like I just wish there was more time. So um, <laughs> I was wondering if someone was going to get me. And, gotcha. Yeah. Um, and you yeah. did it. You ready yeah. to talk about Bayonetta 3? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot we were doing that. Um, yeah, let's get off me for a minute, please. I'll take a quick um, break. <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're good everything's fine you know everything is totally fine um yeah let's take a quick break and let's talk about bayonetta welcome back everybody to the game informer show we've got some news to go over uh and we've got a panel of people that seems very fitting uh bayonetta 3 a release date has been announced with an over-the-top trailer as uh, written up by Jason Guisau, the whole movie over at GameInformer.com slash news. Uh, during last September's Nintendo Direct, Bayonetta's reemergence shocked fans with a titular witch dodging, transforming, and shooting her way through huge monstrosities. We knew that the action romp would come exclusively to Switch this year, but today Nintendo announced an October 28th release date uh, with a big trailer. Uh, I'm not going to read through all of it. The The... The story is linked in the show notes if you want to see the trailer and look at a couple screenshots. Uh, but Blake, you are the biggest Bayonetta fan I know. Uh-huh. Actually, I think Ty over at Uppercut is is a very big fan as well. But uh, you are a massive fan. How you feeling? Tell us what's going on. You know how long ago Bayonetta 3 was announced? No. I do. I'd, I'd never played Bayonetta before. That's how long ago it was. Wow. <laughs> I first played Bayonetta after bayonetta 3 was announced um no this is great been waiting forever the nintendo announces all these stupid games sucky games like breath of the wild like 2 like, like breath what? of the wild 2 and whatnot it's like who cares like game uh where's bayonetta where's my lady where's my tall sexy lady my witch uh this is great um this is platinum's obviously platinum i think one of the best to ever do it despite all the bad games they've also made um, <laughs> it's great to see their flagship come back i think bayonetta is like it's it's a gym in the game industry just a game that is like wants to be in all ways narratively humorously mechanically just wants to be fun um and i'll be honest with you i think most games don't want to do that across the board most games want to be fun to play but like just miserable to get through narratively or something you know um this comes out the same day as call of duty modern warfare 2 a game i'm gonna play the heck out of probably gonna be fun as all get out and you're gonna play through that story and be like wow that's a lot of torture i was just subjected to bayonetta's like what if what if you were a big tall witch who gets naked a lot and (laughs) has guns on her feet and it's like (laughs) yep sign me up brother and they're like, hey, what if it was also like literally the best a video game has ever felt? And you're like, damn, that's kind of the cherry on top of this whole Sunday, if you ask me. Um, so this is great news. Then what more can you say? I don't know. It's awesome. I'm glad I get to play this year. I've, I've been I've been tweeting all kinds of wild stuff. Every time they announce a Nintendo Direct, I log into my secret Twitter account and say something like, if they don't announce Bayonetta, I'm going to punch Mario in the face. Just real things that could get me sued. <laughs> or uh, fired from my job, then now yeah. I don't have to do that anymore. I know when it's coming. October it's coming. 23rd, 28th. 28th. And, 28th. And an unprecedented move. Um, 
Game Informer has already awarded Bayonetta 3 a 10 out of 10 score. Wow. wow. That's right. And uh, sorry, Dan Tech, this is going to be the greatest game ever made. Yeah, so it'll get second <laughs> after Tunic. <laughs> sorry, I, I, I'm joking, Tech. Um, do you think Tech's listening? I'm not. Tack maybe Tack puts questions in. Tack could be listening. Shout out to yeah. Tack. Um, yeah. I, I couldn't be more excited. This has been a, a heck of a you know, it's been a heck of a two years for Blake. Last year we had a Death Stranding to like 17 different Resident Evil games. Uh, by 17, I mean two. <laughs> this year, uh Stray and Neon White are coming out and whatnot. And then finally Bayonetta. What a time to be a little man named Blake. Did you did you think it was going to come this year? Did you have any faith? I mean, I I feel like I didn't think one way or the other. Honestly, I was just like, they're gonna announce it when they announce it. I wish it would hurry up, but it's it's mm-hmm. not gonna hurry up, I guess. And then they just like launched it today. I I was surprised actually. I woke up and had multiple texts and people were like Bayonetta release date. One from VA, my good friend, who wanted to make sure I saw it. So I appreciate that. Also realize I forgot to reply. Um, so sorry about that. <laughs> You're fine. I forgot I sent it. Yeah. I kind of uh, woke up in a fugue state and saw it and was like, I'll send to Blake. Yeah. I'll back asleep. I was asleep when you sent it to me. But um, yeah, I, I, it was definitely a surprise for me. But it was a good surprise, I would say. I didn't wake up. I, I didn't wake up and I was like, oh, darn. <laughs> Bayonetta G- 3 Willikers. has a release yeah. date. That yeah. sucks. I woke up. I was like, oh, yeah, naked witch time. <laughs> time to uh, get out of bed. You had a pep in your step. Yeah, I took Reagan outside. She's peeing and pooping. And I was like, that's right, Reagan. You're peeing with a special step today. Bayonetta 3 got a release date. Right? <laughs> Reagan's like, I can't wait. You're going to sit and not pay attention to me for 12 hours while you play that game. I was like, yeah, probably. I'm excited for people. I, I've never played a Bayonetta game, but. Um, I hear great things and I, I plan to rectify that soon. Um, I I assume I need to play one and two, right? Like the story is (laughs) no, (laughs) your face says everything. The stories. (laughs) Here's the thing about the Bayonetta stories. They're fun to watch the cutscenes. The story is like next level dribble. (laughs) Is it like kingdom hearts adjacent? Well, it's self-aware in just a way. In case, just in case Kim's listening to this or Dan. <laughs> uh, sorry, Kim. Wear earmuffs for a second. It's self-aware in a way Kingdom Hearts will just never be. Um, it like knows it's dumb, knows it's goofy, and that's kind of the charm of it. No, Goofy's yeah. in but, Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. Right, that's right, that's right, that's right. Yeah, it's it's it knows it's Donald, it knows it's Sora. Um and like the whole thing about those stylish action games is like you replay them right to get better scores and whatnot and like instant skip the story every time after the first playthrough like i'll sit through the story think it's fun think it's charming but like in an idiotic way and then every time i play after that i'm not watching a millisecond of story it's just like get me through this i'm replaying bayonetta one right now and i can't hit skip quick enough on those cutscenes. okay what do you think about bayonetta you like bayonetta are you a bayonetta fan i'm not a bayonetta edda I don't know what you would call oh, the fan, okay. the fandom of Bayonetta, but um, uh, I am not sort of into the stylish action story. Isn't that in, it's important? Sort of, 
games, but I know that Blake is so excited that when I saw this, I was like, yeah, Blake. <laughs> <laughs> so that's great. Um, just in general for like the game industry to have games that you personally might not be excited about, but you know someone who absolutely loves it. Um, and to have that kind of diversity is great. So I am so happy for you, Blake. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Can I drop so, a hot take on y'all that you probably just, won't, probably will fly over your head, but the people at home, they're, I don't know how they're going to feel about this one. Okay. Yeah. Bayonetta well, 2, so mid compared to Bayonetta 1. Hmm. So I'm really hoping Bayonetta 3 can match Bayonetta 1. I'm sensing just a like, trend with you. Why? The, what do you mean? The sequels just don't do it for you like the OG games do. That's not true. That's not true. Uncharted 2 is like my favorite one. Okay. All right. No, actually, just... Uncharted Lost Legacy is the best of them. But... Okay. Because yeah. I, I hear all this about Gravity Rush 1 and 2. I'm hearing this about oh, Bayonetta. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, There's a trend you know, here. Yeah. Yeah, Gravity just Rush saying. 2 sucks. What do you God. think about Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2? Mm. Better than 1. 1 is unplayable by modern standards, mm. man. I, I like, whew. But you know what? To your point, Tony Hawk's Underground 2 is awful. But Tony Hawk's mm-hmm. Underground 1, the greatest, single greatest piece of art ever made by human beings? <laughs> Question mark, I think. I yeah. would say. I don't yeah. Um, anyway, so I'm hoping Bayonetta 3 can stand toe-to-toe with Bayonetta 1 because I don't think it'd be too hard to best Bayonetta 2. The game's pretty mid. I never replay it. But wow. Bayonetta 1, I'm constantly replaying okay. all the time. Word. Great game. I'm excited. Yeah. She's a I, tall witch with guns on her shoes. It doesn't get better. Are than the that. guns her hair? No. What's with the hair? Yeah. No, her hair is her weapon. She, so she has guns and they just like it's regular are, guns. On her shoes. I mean, they're, hurt. well, they're, yeah, they're like magic. Are they on her shoes or are they? Are they her well? Shoes? You can have guns in your hands and on your shoes because you can have different loadouts. Because I would buy a shoe that was actually a gun. Yeah. yeah, her heels yeah. are the, her heels projectiles. Blake is, Blake is like trying to show his foot for the audio. <laughs> the heels here. are like the, has no the heel muzzle on it. of the gun, and then her hair is also a weapon. But Wait, she can the also the muzzle. Yeah, like imagine high heels. Do you like? Do you have to pull the trigger, or no, is there no, some no? Sort of it's no like trigger situation. You what are the practical uses of you press, her big toe pulls the trigger? No, you the press. Oh, I don't know how she draw does me it. a she, design picture no, here. You could just Google bayonetta, and you can see. <laughs> but her hair is also her clothes, which she can use to attack, like weave hair attacks, and she can use it to make like monsters out of, which makes her a little naked. Can't get past that fact. Um, but like her hair is her weapons, but it's not the guns. Those are two separate things entirely. But if you've ever seen like the big creatures in Bayonetta that come out with her, she'll be fighting aside like a a big, like wolf or dog looking thing, a crunch on a boss. That is actually her hair, which is why you frequently see in gameplay pictures of Bayonetta, her naked (laughs) is because her, she has removed her clothes to use as a weapon, which is also her hair. Okay. Wow. So anyway. well, I just I just found a Google search that was NSFW. <laughs> uh, brought me back to my my middle school days real quick. Wow. For Bayonetta. Don't God, search color that. me surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm 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 eager to check it out or at least watch other people have fun with it. I know it's been in the works for a while and people are are hungry 
Bayonetta. I yeah, just if like, I don't see Blake uh, stream this at some point, I'll be real disappointed. I'll real. stream it. I might mess around. I'll tell Dude, you what, what if you stream Bayonetta 1 and 2? I was just about to say, I might mess around this week and stream the first Bayonetta for Game Informer. Game Informer? I'm not going to stream number two, though, because I don't know how to hook up a Switch and all that. It's a lot of work. Twitch.tv slash Game Informer. Tell you. Yeah. Put your notifications uh, on. Can I be honest with you, Alex Van Aken? Oh, yeah. there's the pop. Oh my god! I was wondering when Reagan was going to make her appearance. Mm. What's up, so Alex? Good. Blake has has placed a little like I don't know if he incepted me, put a little brainworm up in my head, something like that. Blake what? and I agree on some games, some not. I think that's why we like each other. It's a well, little, little back and forth. You know what I'm saying? We think that we think the original God Awards the best one. <laughs> Well, be careful. You're talking out of the <laughs> talking out of your mouth again. And I say to myself, right he's, out of it. he's he's talking about these games here left and right earlier this year. He's talking about Ghostwire this and Neon White that. And I'm like, you know, I don't know if it's for me. And then I played Neon White. And I was like, maybe top three game this year. Maybe you one of my all time favorite yeah, games of all time. Like there maybe there it is. Okay. I was getting there. I'm working it. This is the, we got some. I gotta get the people going here. Right, right, One of my favorite games ever. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, hmm. Should I play Bayonetta? Is Blake onto something with his gaming taste? Totally. And God is my witness. Bayonetta is sitting on my Steam Deck right now, getting just Ooh. ready. I'm getting ready. Marinating. Exactly. Here's the thing yeah. you gotta know about me. I only like good games. <laughs> I don't know. I think that might be demonstrably untrue. <laughs> because you yourself have said that this is a bad game, but I love it. Name, name six examples, Jill. Ghostwire Tokyo. Uh, Resident Evil. Kane and Lynch 2. Kane and Lynch 2 <laughs> is one of the best games ever made. <laughs> I th- I, that's what I'm going to stream. I actually don't oh, know if we, we should stream that one. That is maybe one of the most adult games I've ever played in my life. That is, it's one of the only games I feel like I've played. Games that aren't like hatred or whatever. Cana Lynch 2, I feel like one of the only games I've ever played where I was like, this is something else. Yeah. <laughs> but man, what a game. I tell you what, we need to go retroactively give that game a higher. I'm going to re-review that for us. Sorry, Reiner. <laughs> And delete his review for the what do you give it? I don't know, like a seven or something. Sounds about right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it sounds right, but it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't know. I never played it. But what did we get Bayonetta? Uh I think in the it's no lower than eight. I'm not sure. Yeah. Though. I um, think just to make Blake happy, it's like, uh no, it's a ten. It's a ten. No one did like that. Yeah. When you Google Game Informer Bayonetta, an article pops up that says Bayonetta is the best playing game ever made. Who wrote Was that? Was that by you? I wrote that. <laughs> yeah, you uh, we gave it a Joe Juba on December 22nd, 2009. Gave it mm-hmm. a 9 out of 10. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Um, when, you, when you Google this, multiple things by Blake Hester pop up. <laughs> Unsurprisingly. Oh. That's cool. Oh. Yeah. Well, you know what else is cool? Listener emails, Alex. Yes, they are. I'm realizing now we haven't gotten to the part about you talking about the future. Do you want to save that for next episode or do you want to talk about it at the end of this episode? Uh, let's talk about it at the end. Okay. 
cool. So that way I'll I can put, figure out what I'm going to say. There we go. Yeah, I'll put no a timestamp. Uh, I'll put a timestamp for those wondering. Right, we do have a lot of future plans, and I, it's there's some special stuff coming down the pipe. Also, just real quick, I know in housekeeping we do social media stuff, mm -hmm. and with this being your last episode, I want to make sure people that are here right now know to follow you at Studnik76, uh, and then go and keep up with your adventures. And you'll eventually tell people where you're going. Um, yes. I but go my... follow you on, on Twitter. That's really the only social media you use, right? Twitter? Yeah. I, I'm a... <laughs> well, definitely <laughs> not. I, uh, I'm obsessive about Twitter. Um, Instagram, I've finally re-downloaded, but I haven't posted anything since like December of last year. So I may, with my new adventure, maybe pictures will come with that. You never know. Stay yeah. tuned. Same handle, though. Okay. Yeah, at Stunic76. Uh, follow Jill at Finn Ruin, F-I-N-R-U-I-N. Uh, follow Blake at Radmure, R-A-D-M-U-R-E. Uh, <laughs> and you can follow me at It's Van Aiken. Cool. We did it. We did it. Listener. Oh, wait, 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 I just wanted to say real quick, follow the people that also got laid off. I know we plugged them a bunch earlier, but at Jeff Ak Akervik, at LeBlanc West, at John underscore Carson. Those are all of their social media handles. Um, go make sure to follow them and, and give them some support because uh, I know they need it. Amen. Amen, amen, I say to you. Sorry, I'm just pulling up my notes here. Listener emails. This is the part of the show, one of my favorites, where we get to talk with you, the community. You write in to podcastgameinformer.com. Let us know what we what you want us to talk about. You know, uh, I almost said memes. That, that's a new one. Something new pops up every week on the show. We've been hosting it for almost a year, and something new comes every time. But uh, send us your hopes, dreams, questions, comments, concerns, dreams, nightmares, dreams twice, and uh, we'll read them on the show, maybe. And, uh, you know, uh, here we are again today. You can send those into podcast at GameInformer.com or Alex Van Aken. How else can they uh, send questions? Subscribing on Twitch. That'll get you access to our Discord once you're in, you can go to the GI show um, channel and just put your question in there and we will add it to the tally. We'll add it to the, the roster of questions we have. Yeah. Like a lot of people did this week. I also uh, took questions from Twitter because I was like, it's my last show. I'm going to mess around. I, 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 I think we should do that more often. Yeah. Um, I think it's so, a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. I, another thing I wish we would have done more of. But anyways, um, this is from Kyle Silva over on Twitter. Uh, and Kyle says, what is Alex Van Aken's best trait as a co-host that makes up for something you might be lacking? And that's a good question. I like this question. Nothing. Incorrect. I think you are a great foil to my bro-y let's go energy when I get like really hyped. You know what I mean? You can like bring it down a little bit and like ground it. And I think that's why we worked well. And it's like you still get excited for stuff too. Like go back and watch some of those um those reaction streams we've done to like all the digital directs and stuff like that. Like Van Aken knows how to like get hyped. Yeah. Right. But I think, I think Alex has that nice, like, okay, yeah, this is exciting, but like, what about this? Or like, have we thought about that? And I think it's, it's paired well with me. Who's like, I just love video games. You know, like that, <laughs> that kind of thing. So That's funny. Yeah. Well, thank you. So I'm boring. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was getting at. So. And I think that I like your positivity, Alex. I think you remind me of me when I was, before I was laid off uh, at one of my old jobs. I feel like that changed me. Uh, I used to be positive. Uh, I, I want to be positive. I, you are still positive. Like, I play it up yeah. for, for fun, but 
Yeah, I think I could I could learn from you in that regard. And I'm not saying you're Oscar the Grouch. Like, let's be clear here. I was saying this in a good way too. You know what I mean? Like, I think that, that we heard what you said. Yeah, it's it, it's it can never be taken back. Back, I almost burped again. Jeez, can't keep drinking this Lacroix. Um, but no, I just think our dynamic worked so well in that way. You know, so I, I, I like our dynamic too. Yeah, I don't know if either of you want to chime in here on that or not. Talk about my flaws, that kind of thing. You know. Alex Van Aken does a good job making sure to read all the Twitter handles every episode. Never heard you. Never heard well, you. I do don't that. even have to look <laughs> at the paper anymore. Oh. I know everybody on staff. I yeah. know everybody's handles. And Van Aken does a very good job of remembering my Twitter handle. Mm-hmm. Yes, he does. Very yes. good. Yes, he Fantastic does. job. Yeah. Thank you. I, I, it's less uh, contrasting, but it always seemed like you guys like could sort of finish each other's sentences like Sandwiches. you knew what thoughts mm. yeah <laughs> you knew what thoughts were going on in each other's heads and could really play off of that between the two of you which is so well yeah yeah i think that shown the brightest if you're a fan of the show and but only audio go one of these days go over to youtube and look at our sgf podcasts like i feel like that is that was truly so where like we hit our stride because right it was that thing where it's like we we're finally in the room together and we were mm-hmm. like you know we we were riffing on e- or rip, uh, ripping on each other but also like having fun like it's just the energy was so perfect and those are yeah. easily some of my favorite podcasts we've ever done so definitely yeah, yeah. next one philly eat steak over on twitter and philly says what is something you brought to the table at gi that you most want to continue without you i, I think some of the th- I, I think what i was good at is i there was a lot of what makes GI great already there that I helped accentuate, like like the love and passion of games, right? Just because I leave, that's not going anywhere, right? Everyone's passionate about games. Um, you know, I I'm not the only I like everyone here works their ass off, right? Like that's not exclusive to me. And I think those were a couple of my defining traits was the passion and the hard work, right? Like that's gonna stay, right? Um I don't know, just like, I I think one of the things I'm most proud of is bringing Van Aken in and finding people who are like very talented at video, right? Because I think one of the things that I was really, especially when we were hiring Van Aken, I hammered home was like, we have some of the best writers in the industry. Let's show people that and that we have some of the best video in the industry. And by hiring Van Aken, we accomplished that, right? Uh, someone who has a knack and knows for talent or for for quality, right? A lot of the a lot of the great um, changes you've seen on the channel, whether it's the logo, the better sounding podcast, like that's all VA, right? And I know that's not going to go anywhere because he's more of a stickler for quality than I, even I think I am. So, um, you know, YouTube page is going to be in a fantastic spot under his uh, his watch, and I'm excited for him to talk about that a little bit more towards the end of the show. So, yeah. Um, Next one. Uh, and everyone can answer this one. Uh, Charles B. Davis over on Twitter says, um, any advice for a humble group of friends starting up a new podcast? You the man, Stadnik. Uh, keep on trucking. Thank you, Charles. Appreciate it. I got it. Hit me. <laughs> Do like literally anything different. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. there's so many podcasts, not just about video games, that like pop up and it's like, the same formula that I don't know the bomb cast was doing in like 2010 
And it's like, please do something different. Because if you're making a podcast, you're A, doing it because you want to do it with your friends and have a good time, blah, 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 blah. But you're really doing it to be heard. And nobody's going to listen if you're doing the same thing. And I know that's kind of a bitter pill to swallow because like a formula works because it's a formula and people use it. But like nobody's going to listen if you're doing the same thing, especially compared to the thousands of other podcasts out there with established listener bases. Like even if it's one thing, like one thing in a podcast that's different from another podcast, that's fine. One I think of recently, sorry to like spearhead this as someone who doesn't have a podcast. You did though. um, True. Uh, the Fire Escape podcast that Dan Reichert, Mary Kish, and Mike Mahardy host. There is a million podcasts that goes through what they're playing, and then they answer some emails at the end. The fact that they just have jokes and comedy throughout it makes it my go-to video game podcast. It's just that one different thing makes it makes a world of difference. Right. Uh, and and to build off that though, like find your voice though too like you know i i'm very aware i'm not as funny as dan reichert mary kish and mahardy you know like it's just it's just the facts of life right but so like don't try to be someone you're not and also when you're developing it like i think perspective's important too right if you're yeah. just like nah like i do want this to be unlocked games daily gi show like that's fine like there's there's consequences with that right like like Blake outlined too right but it's like okay if you're gonna do that make sure you're learning on the way like learn how to efficiently edit a podcast right like you know there's there's a million ways to do it there are more efficient ways so like watch YouTube videos on how to best learn how to to edit you know find like boost your quality that way and make sure you're learning something because if it's just something you want to mess around with great but like you can put that on a resume that's how I got here um was like, you know, I was a solid writer, right? But also Reeves and Cork looked at the fact that I've spearheaded two podcasts on my own. You know what I mean? Like, and they didn't sound like complete dog. <laughs> so, um, mm-hmm. where are they at? Where are they at? <laughs> They're <laughs> lost. I've, you can find them. I have found them. Have you found them still? I was going to say, most of them are lost to me not paying for SoundCloud anymore. But, oh, uh, I haven't checked uh, them. A lot yeah. of good podcasts have died R.I.P. that way. In the SoundCloud uh, graveyard. Yeah. Because I'm just not spending $12 for you to hear my bad takes about Spider Man No Way Home. It's not going to happen. You know? That's right. My advice as somebody who had a podcast one point in time for like five years. Uh, don't burn out. Don't take That's yourself really too seriously. I remember one time I had my first guest ever on and, um, they ended up being a awful person years later. Um, but I had them on and they were kind of like, I viewed them as somebody important. Um, and they were popular and I was like, okay, I need to get them on my show. A lot's riding on this. And I had them on the show and i get off the show they leave the call i look and my audio stopped recording two minutes in and this is the first guest i'd ever had on my show no it was like on social media uh, and i was like this is the end like oh my god so self-serious nobody right. cares yeah. um and i made one of the biggest mistakes i've ever made and because i gave it so much power but I sat there on a Sunday afternoon. I had everybody else's audio but mine. And I would listen to what they said. 
And then I would try to remember what I said before that. And I would record my part in segments. No. So if, if you're like, I'm doing good, I would go back and I was like, hey, man, how are you? And I'd record oh, that part. No. I spent 10 hours on a Sunday and nobody knew I did it well. Nobody knew that I had ever done that. I didn't, nobody knew until I said I'd done it because I had made it sound so convincing. But it was, I just gave, do not give, never do that. No. Never say sorry. The, the recording got messed up. It's not that big of a deal. Uh, never put your podcast over. I just said, Oh my God, I'm so embarrassed that I ever did that. And I used to be proud of it because I'm like, Oh, look at my work ethic. Right. Yeah. Um, just so stupid, um, that I gave it that much weight in my life. I think it was like 15 episodes in Mm -hmm. like, don't be too self-serious, have fun with it when things mess up because they will just, you know, who cares, man, you're going to have. You know, I feel like when you're first starting out, volume is what you're going to you're really going to be focused on on volume and mm-hmm. just like scattershot it, you know, figure out what you like to do. If you don't have fun, if you don't like podcasting, stop. Like, who cares? Right. Like, I'm also going to say this, this might be a bitter pill to swallow. I think if you are um, wanting to get into the industry on the media side, do something other than podcasting. Uh, I, I don't think people get hired. I know Alex said he got hired for his podcasting skills, but he got hired because of his video skills and he could also write and he happened to be able to podcast. Right. And as somebody who spent their entire, I was propping myself up. I was like, I'm going to get a job doing podcasting. I'm like, you have to realize almost nobody hires a podcaster. They hire a writer or they hire a video producer or somebody who, okay, cool. They can also podcast. There's very few outlets and companies that hire specifically a podcaster. Like just because it has become so saturated, like every everybody, you know, um, every Literally. every every Literally. white man over thirty has a podcast. Like and under, like all, it's like Jill. Did you ever pod? Did you? No one had to be subjected to that. So three three fourths of this panel had podcasts before. Like, which I guess and I yeah. and I can tell you, I put it on my resume. You know what happened the other day? Hmm. Uh, we were, Ryan and I were talking about the future of the show, right? And yeah. no, I'm not throwing shade at Ryan. I thought it was really funny. Yeah. But I had in my head, I'm like, oh, people know me. I got hired because I had all this experience podcasting. We we're talking about like you leaving. I was like, yeah. I mean, I hosted a podcast for five years, so I can host it. He's like, oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> so like, even the person who hired me, yeah, doesn't didn't know. Like, it's it's. I just want to say that because I feel like people are like podcasting is the ticket to get me in the industry and it really isn't. Um, And I know that's a hard pill to swallow and I I follow a lot of podcasters and I don't say that kind of thing on social media because I don't want to be discouraging. But since people are asking for advice on podcasting, if you're currently doing it, don't be discouraged by that. Just know that you might have to pick up a couple other skills to to complement that. Um, but I just, if you don't, if you haven't developed any skills yet and you're thinking that podcasting is like the skill that you need to have, I will say anybody can talk in front of a microphone. Right. Uh, and you can even get hired to talk in front of a microphone as part of your job like me. And I don't think I'm that there's plenty of other people that are better in front of microphones. Right. But I'm really good at video editing and I'm good at filming. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of like what my career is attached to. And 
if I'm on a podcast, cool. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm being long-winded. That's, no, that's that's what I have to say. Very well said. I I I think that's a great call out and something we've preached on this show for a while. It's like you have to be a multifaceted beast to be in this industry. And, and also just know you could do all that and not get a job. It's mm-hmm. there yeah. are so few j- volumes of media jobs. Um you have to be really lucky. You have to be ready to go. You have to have your skill set honed. You have to have your portfolio. And you have to be freaking lucky, man. Uh, like really lucky. I think that's like the biggest thing you have to have is luck. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yes, 100%. But if you do put the work in and you do have it, you have a better shot. Like Alex oh, yeah, did yeah. when, because I instantly, when I saw Alex's Fortnite video, I knew, you know what I mean? Like that was, it was like, I was like, this guy gets it. This guy has it. So just put yourself, put yourself in the right positions. And, and that was like five years into me doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stuff can happen. So. I was like gonna quit because <laughs> I was yeah. so burnt out. Yeah, and here um, you are now. And here Beautiful I am man. now. Yeah, happy Jill. with my job, loving life. Yeah, Jill. Any any thoughts here? Should we move to the next one? Just having not owned or started a podcast. Uh, the only thing I really want to say is just have fun. Like I know that Van Aken touched on this a little bit, but. If you're coming in and you're stressed about everything and you're, oh, God, I hit that deadline. Got to make sure. Like, that comes through. Like, a lot of the times we're all here thinking about some of our deadlines that we have to worry about and, and you know, how we're going to get through the show or what we're going to do for the next show. Uh, but when we are here, we are all just having fun with each other. And it's a great it's one of the greatest parts of this job is just being able to talk with your friends right. about video games and, and video games should be a joyous, happy thing that you are enthusiastic about. And if you are losing that, then don't try to force it. Have mm-hmm. fun. Talk with your friends. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Have fun with it. See if you can find other people who enjoy having fun, like with you two and, and invite them on. Don't clout chase. People know that instantly, you know, um, just like, you know, find like minded folks who enjoy the enjoy what they do. And, you know, stuff can happen. So can I say one really one practical last thing, like really practical hit them. Uh, if you want to save money on podcasting, use archive.org to host your episodes for free, mm. then make a small website. You can I use WordPress, pay for the WordPress Blueberry plugin. Uh, you you take your link from archive.org, you put it into the plugin on your WordPress site, and you take whatever link that spits out and put that in. That's the link you use to submit your RSS feed, and you don't have to worry about uh, episode lengths or or um, the size of files because archive.org does it all for free, um, and it's a great way to save money doing podcasting. You just have to have your own website and do a little bit of the work on the back end, but I think you might save money depending on I, I at one point in time we had like six podcasts going each like over an hour and I think if we were paying through a podcasting service I won't name like there's plenty of them out there we just wouldn't have been able to, been able to do that um, economically and we did it for $30 a month and we would host like tons of pod we could host as many podcasts as we wanted to mm-hmm. um, so yeah archive.org is your friend uh, look into it Good luck. And you also are contributing to the archival efforts. And they're actually like going through some stuff right now. Yeah. Um, Yeah. 
Chuck Wendig is the enemy. Yeah. So yeah. go also like if you can donate to archive.org. If you are going to use it that way, like try to throw, throw them some money because it's an excellent service. It is you, they, they are essential to like archiving and preser preserving the internet. books. Yeah. yeah, the inner it's the internet archive. Um yeah, go check it out. Yeah. Um yeah, on to the next one. This one is from Jason Wojner on Twitter. Shout out to Jason. Jason says, "Hi Alex, been out of the loop uh, for a bit because I was in Ukraine when the invasion started and have been spending my time figuring out my future, doing what I can to help my friends still there. He also says, donate to Ukraine-based charities, not the International Red Cross. It's important. Um, I'll be tuning in, though, and just wanted to wish you the best of luck with whatever you pursue and get one last community question in for you and the group. What is game... What is one game you want people to associate with you? Meaning, if it randomly comes up in someone's life, it may, may uh, it will make them think of you. Think like a song on the radio that reminds you of someone unexpectedly. From Jason. That's um, a cool question. Yeah, isn't it? I like that one a lot. Also, shout out to Jason. I hope you're staying safe. Yeah. Like, for real. That is scary times over there. So, be safe. I mean, I think it's either Halo or Pokemon, right? I think that was kind of my thing here and like what i've grown up on are those two franchises like mean the most to me i think so um i think uh if you think of me i'm sure halo comes up or maybe maybe I'm, you know maybe i'm any, anyone who frags you in multiplayer you know like i'm just i'm always i'm in the wind i'm in i'm on zeta halo with you like i think that's probably my my go-to so <laughs> the ghost yeah <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm the ghost of sparta wait a minute what? that's from something else uh va what about you a game i want to be associated with I, I want people to to think about that game when they think of me um hmm. like if you need time i already know what mine is jill yeah you, you go, got one you go like if anyone can't guess what it is i'd be super surprised but tunic. i would be it's a hundred percent tunic yeah. i really love this game this might be one of my favorite games of all time uh can't hype it enough i hope everybody gets a chance to play it um i hope it lands very high in our end of the year discussions um i, I couldn't get enough of it so you know it's just a, a fun zelda like adventure with souls like uh combat that is uh, so refreshing and it's very genuine self uh led adventure and discovery and you don't get a lot of that um so i i would be like absolutely just pleased if people heard the word tunic and thought of me <laughs> 100% I, it looks like van can still stew and be money what about you deadly rooms of death is it even a game yeah, it's a game. What, okay. what do you mean? It's a good game. I think about that game all the time. The game is so good. Hell yeah, Jill. That game rules. Now, Play it. Now I'll always think of you when I see this game. Yep. <laughs> the game is awesome. This? It's just a little puzzle game. I don't know. It's awesome. There's like 35 of them. Pretty sure. <laughs> Dude, download it. I'm pretty sure they're open source. You can get it for free, I think. Mm -hmm. Okay. Great. Those games rule. There we go. VA. People, people who knew me before my run at Game Informer would would uh, resonate if I said Lawbreakers. 
but I don't mm. think I've talked about Lawbreakers much at my time at Game Informer, but uh, I ran that game into the ground, and I also played Radical Heights because of it. <laughs> <laughs> I was a big, big player of boss key production games. Um, but these days, I think it's... Mm, look at I that. I think it's... What's that? Uh, it's Deathloop. It's our cover of Deathloop, our magazine <laughs> cover. Have you seen it before, Blake? Yeah. Have you, are you familiar with Game you know, Informer? Yeah. Are you familiar that we have a magazine? What? He did, he, you didn't know? <laughs> mm. um, I'd say Arcane in general. I feel like I'm... I have to. I, I want to be careful just because it's like... I cover them. Um, they make my favorite games. But I also have to critique their games. Um, but yeah, I think I... I think any arcane game, they're 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 my favorite pub, they're my favorite developer. I mean, um, and I love their games. And Deathloop just took me, and I love the coverage I put out on Deathloop. I put a lot put out a lot of coverage that I re I really enjoyed. The reason I have this poster is it was like the first cover I felt like I influenced and like came up with ideas that like were actually kind of shaped our coverage of that game. And I put out a video essay that absolutely tanked one of the, maybe one of the worst performing videos on the channel. I think it's got like 5k views. Nah. It's awful, but it is maybe the, it is one of the best video essays I think I've made. I just put it out way too late. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, the presentation, I, I worked my ass off on that video and I'm really proud of it. Um, even though it performed like dookie, but that's okay. Yeah. It's okay. But I'd say you arcane death loop. I, I like those games a lot. Oh, yeah. Sure. yeah. Before cool. that, it would have been Breath of the Wild or Lawbreakers. But I've moved on. Grown. Changed. What a gulf between those two games. <laughs> Breath of the Wild and Lawbreakers. <laughs> I've got two. I've got two copies of Lawbreakers limited edition that were. Uh, one of them uh, was they were both gifts, I should say. Um, one of them is sealed. One of them is unsealed because I wanted to see what was inside. Mm -hmm. But one of them, oh, I, I, I'm I can't say that on air because I'll get people in trouble. But <laughs> one of the people, I will say this: the people that gifted me a copy of the game may or may not have, um, you know, signed copies of the game like they were, uh, perhaps somebody else. Um, and it's really funny to me. I can't say much more cause I can get <laughs> people in trouble. Um, but that's what I can say. Maybe what? there was some, some comedic forgery happening, um, to make they're, it look like it was more bro, of an official, you know, they're not going to get boss keyed back together to go after these people. They're not going <laughs> to get in trouble. There's no one to be mad left. Okay. Here's, here's how it went down. I've uh -huh. pieced it together from mm. all of the clues. Yeah. Uh, your copy of the game is actually a seal. Yeah. And you stole it from the ocean. Yeah. And people then signed it. Yeah. Fraudulently. Yeah. So that's why you can't talk about it. You I will say a group of that. people <laughs> that worked on that game. <laughs> I will say a group of people that worked on that game sent me a copy uh, and signed it, but they pretended to be uh, maybe some of the more public-facing people. So I've got fake signatures on my copy, and it's very funny to me, and I'll never get rid of it because of uh, 
because of that the detail. Yeah, there's um, a couple of side tangents. All we've that is off alleged. The show. All yeah. that's alleged. It's it's hearsay. Can't do anything with it legally. It's not alleged if you said it about something you own. <laughs> that's true. It's true. And I here and here I say we're moving on to the next question. That's what yeah. that's what we're doing next. What a wild ride we just went on, folks. It was silver Sharpie. Yeah. <laughs> um, next one from Zach Pliggy over in Discord. Shout out to Pliggy. Um, mm-hmm. Was there any video content or feature you really wanted to do? Push for it, but for some reason it was either denied or never manifested the way you had hoped. Yes, lots and lots and lots. Um, I have a whole uh, notebook full of show ideas that never came to be. And, you know, n- not out of any malicious thing, right? Just the nature of the role I took on here demanded my time elsewhere, right? Um, I think we've, well, I mean, y'all have been through the the ride with us here, but like uh, the D&D show is always the great white whale for me that I think about um, where uh, we had a D&D show in the McNamara era, like planned out, like Miller was going to DM because Matt Miller is uh, allegedly the one of the best DMs anyone's ever worked with. Uh, and we were it seemed like it at the start um and then um andy left leo left like things kind of fell apart and it was never uh never meant to be in the the gi world but it was gonna be so dope like leo and i had a character like we were planning that was going to be to make up for because we both wanted to be on the show right and we were both gonna have to run tech though at the same time so like we were doing it where without getting too into detail like dimensions clashed and like his character and my character formed into one body and it was just going to be really cool and and there was some really creative stuff in it that i really wish people could could have seen but it wasn't meant to be obviously um did you all do this for an extra life no extra life i was there that year because i was interning Mm-hmm. Uh, that was first of all, it was a stretch to call it D and D. I was in the back, yeah. like furiously writing like a little script every time something would happen, um, and trying to like, here's the lingo you guys need to to know, which mm-hmm. Reeves just totally went off the deep end with. <laughs> yeah. Um, but ever since Stadnik, I've heard of this mythical D and D show, yeah. uh, with Miller as the DM. I'm like. I want this to happen so, so bad. So that's my answer too, is that (laughs) D&D show. Right. Uh, Yeah. And I think for me, there was some, some documentaries I was writing, uh, like the ideas for that I really wanted to pursue. And obviously, you know, COVID got in the way of that. Me leaving is getting in the way of that, obviously. And uh, um, that's the kind of stuff I'll look at and be like, oh, that would have been cool. So, um, but there's some other stuff too. I don't need to get too in the weeds about it. But yeah, I think that's at any media outlet, right? Like you have you have pitches, you have ideas, and sometimes they come to fruition, sometimes they don't. It's just the nature of the beast. So, are we all going around the horn and revealing these deep dark secrets? <laughs> I thought <laughs> I I talked about the D and D one because we had we had built it up on the GI show for a couple weeks until we because uh, that was during McNamara's tenure as as host, uh, and we were we were teasing it and stuff like that, and then. Before we got it ready, Andy was like, oh, maybe we shouldn't. And then we found out why a couple couple weeks later. So, um, so, but yeah, I mean, floor is yours. Oh, I don't know. I Back in the day when I was freelancing for Polygon, because I don't know, they just got like, f*** you money over there. Or at least yeah. they did back then. 
I would not even think about a story I wanted to do. I would think about a place I wanted to go. <laughs> there was, I remember creating like a budget for, to, to go to Antarctica. Oh my God. <laughs> I love that. That is fantastic. Like, God bless my editor over there. I was like, no, I kind of want to go to Antarctica. He was like, you figure out how much it costs. And I, it was a very quick no when I sent him the budget. Uh, but the one I always wanted to do, which was not based around travel, um, was I wanted to do a story about the Capcom 5, which were the five exclusive games developed for the Nintendo GameCube, of which only one remained an exclusive. One was canceled, and then the rest was like RE4 and like Beautiful Joe and PNO3, I think, is the only one that remained an exclusive. Anyway, they were supposed to be this this huge partnership between Capcom and GameCube that was going to like, you know, set the world on fire, make GameCube the biggest thing, make GameCube the biggest thing ever. Basically, it was a failure across the board, um, except for Resident Evil 4, which did not remain an exclusive. exclusive. So my idea was to do five oral histories about each of the games, PNO3, uh, Beautiful Joe, Resident Evil, the other two <laughs> that I <laughs> can't refer think. to as, yeah. Uh, Killer7, and uh, oh. the other one is the canceled one, which I can't remember the name of. Anyway, you would read all five of those, and on the surface, it would appear to be five individual oral histories. And as you read it, you would realize you got the sixth overarching oral history that is the story of the business dealings behind the Capcom 5. So it would kind of play out throughout five different oral histories. Um, and that didn't happen because it was extremely expensive. I don't speak Japanese and I would have to do like probably 100 plus Japanese interviews, all translated, which costs money. Um I don't know. I would either have to change my schedule to be awake during the nighttime or move to Japan for a year. Also, wasn't like going yeah. to be paid for as a freelancer. Right. And uh, I feel like I saw that idea come out somewhere else later oh. about a different game series. And I don't mean that in a bitter way. I'm oh, just glad yeah. it exists. But it was about a different Capcom thing, and I feel like I probably it was partially my idea. <laughs> but that's neither yeah. here nor there. Yeah. Uh, so that was always the big one I always wanted to do, and I've kicked around the idea of doing it for Game Informer, and then I just realized who's got time for all that? Who's I gotta write? The Who table wants to of... move to Japan? You know, I have to write uh, the table of contents. <laughs> well, Are we all on. down? Can we all just move to Japan? Is that? That on the table? Not, you know? Yeah. Good. 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 Yeah. Okay. Uh, and again, next... you're in. Great. My family lived there for a few years. There we go. I go hit up their old stomping grounds. Hit up their old landlord, you know, from 1989. Hey boss, you still still alive? Still in the land business. Still got land? Yeah. <laughs> Can I get a family discount? It's all coming together. There you go. I yeah. know you remember them. Yeah. Uh next one, or do y'all have anything to add to this? Next one. All right. Uh, this one is from Biscuits with Davey over on Discord. Uh, and they say, wait, is this the one I want to read? Yeah. Like everyone, I'm sad to see you go, but I'm sure the time you've had, um, you've been at GI has afforded you so many good memories and valuable lessons. I'm hoping you already, you'll already be discussing some of your favorite memories. But on the other side, uh, what have you been, 
What have been some of the most valuable lessons you've learned working in the industry and working with other talented people at GI? A great question. Um, this goes hand in hand with our next one that we'll read too. So lessons learned is um, advocate for yourself. No one else is going to do it for you. Um, that was a hard one for me, um, but it is something where, and more specifically, I'm like, in when you're trying to pitch stories, right? Like when you're trying to get guests, right? You have to be your biggest advocate, right? Um, you also have to say no. And that is something I still struggle with uh, because there's going to be, especially if you ever find yourself in a media position, right? There's going to be thousands of potential things you could do, right? What you need to remember is that you are a human who needs water and sleep. And those are more important than uh video games killing yourself over them like mm -hmm. yeah there's there's plenty of nights that i just should have said no and that's on me that's not no no one and that's the beauty of gi and let me be perfectly clear no one's pushing me right like you know we're all pushing each other right but like i i never went after a a deadline that i didn't have the power to say nope this isn't gonna happen you know but i did and you know i think that's part of it is like i wanted to prove myself i wanted to work my butt off and you can still do those things. Just remember that you have a life and family and friends who care about seeing you and, uh, you know, to not forget them and not uh, forget that you need those essential things. So um, that was really important. And that's something I'm, I'm going to try to take with me wherever I go. I'm, it's, that's a long journey I still need to uh, probably go to therapy about. But anyways, that's a whole other thing. So. Um, uh, you know, uh, I've learned, uh, I think being around great people, you pick up on what makes them great. Right. And you try to replicate it. Like Alex's polish with his videos had definitely his, uh, thumbnail skills and, uh, shooting his eye for video shooting video is impeccable and something I do not possess, but I've, I've want, I've been trying to learn as much as I can from him in those regards. Um, you know, uh yeah you do just fine my friend just fine thank you i think those are the main kind you of things great. thank you i appreciate it um i don't know do y'all have any other lessons too you want to impart here this isn't isn't just me on this one um i think for me the thing that jumps out immediately obviously everybody i've ever worked with at game informer has imparted some sort of knowledge that i am deeply grateful for um, but what jumps out to me is actually something back from my time as an intern, um, and they do a lot of teaching uh, when you're in that position, or they did, um, to make sure that you sort of understood some things uh, about the industry you were thinking about getting into. And um, I remember Joe Juba took us out for lunch at some point, and he was a reviews editor at the time. And I was so angry about something that had happened in my comments section. And he had such a great lesson of just like, don't let the fools get to you. You know, they don't know what they're talking about. They, um, it, it won't help you to be upset about it. Um, so I, I don't anymore, you know. Uh, especially with comments directed a certain way because of a certain 
way I was born uh, and, you know, not perhaps being a large majority in the video game space, especially in uh, the higher levels of people seeing you. Right. Um, so don't let that get to you because that's not about you. And I really appreciate him and I love all of all of the GI crew, past and present, uh, means so much to everybody here. Um, but also learned that I was a terrible liar. So thanks for that, Jojuba. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Blake, Alex, anything to add? Yeah. Oh. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> you guys go together. It'll be cute. I feel like my writing has become so much better since joining Game Informer. Even though I wasn't hired to be a writer, um, my job does involve writing uh, as a video editor. And also, because I'm writing scripts and stuff, but also I do write for the magazine. I've written for the website. Um, and I've just, I've reviewed games. Um, and I feel like my writing is so much stronger than it used to be. Uh, and like, for a long time, it was really hard for me to take the feed. Not hard is not hard to accept the feedback, but hard to remember it and like implement it um, on a daily basis. And now it's just like second nature. I'm like, oh, I just caught. Oh, I'm using passive voice. So, you know, I need to cut down on my my vats, and I need to be simpler and more and more you know concise. And I, it's just so much more natural to me now. I feel like my edits are more. Um, content focused now and less like grammar or mm -hmm. technically focused now right. if that makes sense um whereas in the beginning it was a lot of like hey like you this entire thing's written in passive voice what are you doing um and now i very rarely use passive voice and i said my writing's come a long way um and I've, i mean i've learned a lot countless things but right that'll be my answer okay blake anything or should we keep going I feel the same way. Um, I do a lot more editing here than I did as a freelancer. Not to say I didn't edit as a freelancer, but it wasn't like a focus. It was kind of usually under the table stuff like, hey, can you edit this before? So anyway, anyway. Right. Uh, a yeah. huge part of my job here is editing. And I don't mean this in a mean way, but I, I, I know the things that other writers do that annoy me. And then I realized I also do those things. And so that has kind of like created a like, and when I say annoy me, I don't mean like you're a bad writer for doing this. It's just like writers have certain ticks and editors have certain things that kind of get under their skin. That's kind of the, uh, the, the way that the relationship works because of that. And uh, the things I, it's helped me realize weaknesses in my own writing that I have tried to, uh, tried to uh, stop doing. Also, right. I don't know. Don't kill yourself for a job. Like, yeah. When when it, I don't work a lot of overtime, it's just like I'm not gonna lose sleep over something I'm not passionate about, and that's not to say I'm not passionate about my job. But there are obviously gonna be parts of it I'm not passionate about, and that right. stuff can wait till tomorrow. I I'm a person. I'm gonna die one day, and I'm not gonna waste time on something that doesn't need to be wasted time on. You know so. Well, That's something I would not have done as a freelancer. As a freelancer, I remember, I remember one night in particular, like pushing myself so hard that I was like breaking down into tears, and like I just would never do that now. Yeah, and yeah. I learned that here. Yeah, I uh, Alex and I went through something similar during the console uh, uh, launches and stuff. Um, I think the last thing I'll add is you can you should look up to people, right? Find people you look up to. 
don't make them your heroes because we're just people. Some people are just people, right? And also uh, some of your heroes are bad people. So that's something I've learned in being in the industry. Um, look, look up to me. Look up to Blake. You genuinely at Radmuir. At Radmuir, you can look Rad up. Me. Yeah, you can look up to them. Um, so let's get into a little bit more happier one here. Fire outside on Discord says, um, "You better bring all the big man swag you have for this week." I'm trying. We've been fighting through tears, and it's been great. Uh, but uh, I hope I'm bringing the big man swag today. No, it's so a much. cliche question. Uh, aren't you excited to never say that again after I leave, Alex? <laughs> Genuinely, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I know you are. Uh, but I do it for you, Alex, because I care about you. I appreciate that. So, um, it's uh, You had a hand in so many projects during your time at GI. So which one was your favorite? The GI show, traveling to LA, a uh, specific game you helped put out coverage for. I was, I was waiting for... I wasn't waiting for someone to ask this. I, I, we would get, I knew we were getting to it. Um, I mean, like, I, there's been a lot of negative around GI lately for, you know, the situation that we're in. I did have a lot of fun. There's a lot of great memories here that I'm going to cherish forever. I, uh, and a couple of them are ones you brought up. The LA trip was like the embodiment of everything I wanted a trip to be, right? Um, if you didn't follow us, right, we went to Summer Games Fest earlier this year, went to LA. Um, and we went to in June, and it was this mad dash of us filming interviews, capturing gameplay, then running back to the hotel to um, to film the podcast. And then it would be we'd run out to go get drinks and dinner with colleagues, new friends, old friends, like that kind of stuff. And then we'd go back to work, and then we'd get like two or three hours of sleep, start the next day, and it was just this whirlwind that had these moments that I'll never forget. And it's like, I feel like I, I had hit so many of the things I wanted to do in my career here. That, and like, that was my white whale of like, I still have never traveled, right? Because of the pandemic and then some of the budget stuff, right? But like getting to share that, especially with like Marcus and Alex and Shay too, like that was a bond that I feel like I grew even closer to you guys uh, as friends. Um, yeah. And it was just it was such a blast um that one is is an amazing one the first uh six months or so i was at gi right because it was this fresh wild thing right where i like i just vividly remember stepping into the office for the first time as being a going from fan to working there and just like oh this is how they do the studio oh that like look at the staircase where's this guy oh like the desks are up here like like getting to see behind the curtain and stuff like that and and eventually what I would call my home in the studio right and it was this this moment of being in the bullpen with people I had read their stuff for for years right and I was like oh I'm part of this now like Joe Juba's sitting right there Reiner's around the corner like that's a surreal experience I'll I'll never forget um I'm trying to think what else uh favorite cover stories I think uh the Spider-Man Miles Morales cover story is probably my favorite. That and Halo stick out to me. Um, just because like I Miles Morales was the first one I got to do like on my own because Leo was doing the other cover stories. Yeah, right there. Love it. Um and I've said it before, but we kind of had the uh, little corner of the internet to ourselves during that because like the page blew up, which was really cool to see that level of success. Um 
I also got in a little bit of trouble because I wasn't putting Marvels in front of everything, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but it was just like, and it was weird too because I was sitting alone. So I had COVID at this point, or I've already had COVID at this point, and I needed a place to to work because like my old apartment just wasn't. I needed to get out of my old apartment at that time. So like I was the only one who was going into the office like by myself, and it was weird and eerie. But I got to like be alone in that place for a little bit and like kind of have it to myself, which was. A neat experience, especially now since it's gone, you know. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I, and, and I think just to put a cap on it, all the times that we've hung out outside of work, I think are my favorites. Just getting to know everyone as people, really feeling like a part of the team. Um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of good times, and I'm really pr- I'm like I'm so proud of what Leo and Alex, Leo and Alex, geez, Leo, Alex, and I like what during my tenure here, what we were all able to accomplish, like, you know, and Hanson too, but I was an intern under Hanson. We didn't get to work a ton together, but like at max, we were two people and a group of awesome editors, but like there's videos that we competed with IGN GameSpot, like, you know, that we got a piece of that pie and because we worked our asses off and we did the right things. And that always just felt really, really good. And that, uh, that Biomutant video that you put up was (laughs) like, you should like, that's like should be on your LinkedIn for yes, like sir. being scrappy and yeah. uh, flexible because we weren't going to do anything on it. Right. Right. And then we got gameplay B-roll and I was like, well, I mean, like we should get something up. Yeah. And it ended up being I think that video might be at like a million views almost now. The the NGT is uh, at almost a million. And I think the character creator was at half a mil and no yeah, other and- no other sites were doing it. Yeah, and you said you've talked to other people at other sites, and they're like, "Yeah, we were all um, upset about that because like it was right under everybody's noses, but you just had the eye for it, and you're like, I feel like we should do something on this." And yeah. you know, the game came out and didn't live up to the Bumps preview, me out, man. Yeah, yeah no, but yeah. but that video, just like I was like, "Yeah, that was him," because he like he got he saw something in it. He was like, "People are gonna like this," and he did it in record time and it just we were feasting for a while right oh one. yeah dude the page was was living. i was like i don't have to do any work man i can just <laughs> life is good cruise, we can step man. back this yeah little ngt is just carrying stuff right i think in that vein too i think one of my favorite videos i've ever done here was the animal crossing video i've talked about it before but like making that was so much fun too because like we just got to hop on discord with everyone in editorial and production who was playing right and just get these little tours of their their homes that they made especially during the pandemic that like everyone's island was very special to them except for <laughs> i just i have this vivid memory of like we go to these these palaces that mags have made right this like recreations of lord of the rings sets and everything <laughs> and then we go to brian shays who in ah. his defense he like he didn't spend as much time with it right and he's like and here's my logs right here and then it like and here's my boxing ring and there's just this lull and in the conversation he goes ah. what do you want from me <laughs> <laughs> and it's still one of the funniest things i think he's ever said um and that video like alex said like he talked about 5k bombing for uh for his death loop video i think that animal crossing maybe got 2000 views it's at 3,800. Oh, okay, good. So it's doubled since I last oh, checked. Yeah. yeah. Um, it is just, I, and especially with like, because I got to host that with Leo and Cork. Like, it was just, that was such a fun video to make. And I loved 
creating that, and that's still one of my all-time favorites. Watch the footage so. right now. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I'm just, I'm just scrubbing through and you seeing all these elaborate. Stop playing, uh, yeah. doing the podcast, and just start just, watching yeah, this. Just start watching. I'm just, it, yeah. I'm just scrolling. I've seen all these like elaborate things, and then I'm Matt Shay. So it's just. <laughs> It's so bare bones. Yeah. Well, damn, you live like this moment. Yeah. SBR Nintendo dude too. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> dude, he's got like, oh man, yeah. poor guy. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think those are that's a snapshot of my memories. I have a lot of memories too, uh, outside of that, but I think those are good couple snapshots. And doing the GI show. Like I've been producing it for three years now, on and off, right between Leo and Alex and getting to host it is a absolutely it's it was a, it was a privilege. So good times. Absolutely. Um, I think we'll do Kim's and then we'll say goodbye. Uh, okay. Kim, Kim, K Star, Kim Wallace, Kim Wallace, the one and only. <laughs> Believe oh that. My Lord, as I live and breathe. Yeah. <laughs> K Starlet, as she goes by on Discord, says. Defend why you're such a Sora apologist. Namora recently said he couldn't see a numbered title without him. Why do you think he's still interesting as a main character? And where would you like to see the character go in the upcoming entry? P.S. Isn't Aqua the baddest in the land? This is and... how you're ending your time on the GI show. <laughs> well, maybe this I'll do question. one more. I'll maybe do one more after that. But um, <laughs> <laughs> now you got me in my, my head. Um I'll just be quick about this. Uh, it's a nostalgia thing because I feel like I grew up with Sora because we were playing those games when I was just a wee lad, you know? Um, I actually wanted him to die off in three. I was like, I'm ready for this part of the story to like go away um, and like get a good ending for him. And I just, well, spoilers, they didn't kill him, you know? Um, so I'm, I'm ride or die with Sora just because I think it's the nostalgia. I don't know if there's anything else to say there, but uh, shout out to my boy. And... He's a kick-ass Smash character. Like, he's genuinely one of my favorite characters now in Smash. He's so good. Um, he may be a little overpowered, but doesn't matter, you know? Still like him. Um, well, now I feel like I should have ended with my favorite memories one, looking at the rest of these. So, like that I gotta Hag ask you, Alex. Let me ask Merle you Haggard. a question. Yeah. What do you Let got? me ask you. Um, what was the worst part of working at GI? I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Can you I mean, explain why everyone's dressed as hot dogs? What? In this Animal Crossing oh. video. <laughs> I do have a question still for there. you. That was Joe Juba. That was his presence. <laughs> he gave us presents for coming onto his island. And everyone <laughs> has to dress up like a hot dog. But I like I was panicking in my head and I couldn't figure out the controls, so I keep dropping it in the video. And it's just this like I can tell like Joe and Jeff are like you know when they're patient, but they're also like, what the hell are you doing? Like, that's that moment that I was like, it turned it into a much funnier thing. So that's great. Yeah. yeah. What's your what's your question, sir? Where are you going next? <laughs> Where am I going next? Didn't yeah. we say I, I can't say that? I'm just trying. I'm being a journalist, you know? I'm, okay. Yeah. Asking, asking your real questions, questions, you know? Yeah. I, I know. Am, I know where. I know you know. Um, I am going, without saying it, I am going to, I'm still in games. Um, I am still editing. I can okay. tell you, I am. Uh, I can tell you, I'm moving to California. Yeah, you are. 
West Coast, moving. best coast. West Coast, best coast. Jill finally broke me down. <laughs> uh, she's been saying she she's flaunting it, right? During the winter winds, she's like, you know what's Look great and not negative 50? California. And we're like, you know what has earthquakes? California. But it didn't work. I still, I'm still going. Um I yeah, think that's no. a lot to chew on for people. <laughs> yeah. In, enjoy that game. San Andreas fault line, d- dork. <laughs> All right, nerd. Enjoy winter. Yeah. I will. Um, I'm leaving yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're coming with me. Yeah. Blake and I are becoming roommates. It's going to be yeah. great. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to chew on. Yeah. I'm going to, and like I said, I'm still like, I think, I think part of why I needed a new adventure is monetizing your hobby is amazing but it also comes with drawbacks right and you start to blend work with play and sometimes that's not fun you know it's cool to be like in the conversation right of some of these games right but like when you had to burn through it play a 60 hour game in three days like that takes its toll um and editing has always been a thing for me where it's like video editing feels like the one thing i'm good at you know what I mean? Like truly like, cause I went to like, I went to school with engineers, mathematicians, like business majors, right? I didn't feel smart until I sat in front of Final Cut Pro in college. And I was like, oh, I understand this now. Um, just, you know, as a, and I found out later why in life, like I'm, I'm dyslexic. I have dysgraphia. I have, I have a whole bunch of stuff that's, that's going on in, in my head. But um, so like editing is like, a passion that I feel like even supersedes games. And that's something like I feel like in this position I'm in, I didn't get to hone in on as much as I wanted to sometimes, right? Because a deadline's a deadline. And if I want to get this video up by embargo, I need to get it done. And I can't I can't find places to add J cuts or more interesting visuals like that kind of thing. You know what I mean? So um I'm going to a place where I can really hone in on the creativity of my craft and really up my game. And I cannot tell you how excited that makes me. Um, and I'm so thankful for everything that I got to do at GI here. Um, with that, like, I'm not, I'm not trying to disparage anything, right? But it's like, I'm, I feel like I'm getting to focus even more on that aspect of what I love. And I'm very, very excited for that in California. So there you go. Awesome. That's a good right one. Right on. That's a yeah, good one. We're excited nice. for you. Let's let's throw it back to you, Alex, and then I'll do a sappy goodbye. But okay. So, like we said earlier, Game Informer is not going anywhere, um, no. and has one of the best video people ever at the helm of the YouTube page. Um, Thank you. And Alex, this is where I'm going to shut up, and you're going to tell us. You can be broad strokes. You can do. I mean, you can say whatever you want to, right? Like, what does the future look like? I know some of the things you're working on, but like, you know, tease what you want to tease, like. You know, what is what does the next couple of weeks a year look like? That kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so I'll be hosting the Game Informer show. I'm going to have to be but- more buttoned up. I can't just be sitting here in a chair and making dumb jokes. I'm going to have to actually host, <laughs> um, which I haven't done in like a year and a half, but it'll be fun. Um, so Game Informer show will still go. I think it's just going to be me for the time being solo podcast. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> Eat your heart out, Jeff Gertzman. He's yeah. coming for you. Yeah. No, no. Like you know, same. I'm not going to mess with any of that right now. I don't have, I like our format. You know, it's, it's, I think people like listening to it. Uh, so expect mostly the same from the GI show uh, where we might be getting rid of the video version for now. Um, we aren't hiring another video editor. It's just going to be me 
Um, that's not my decision to make. Um, so it'll just be me for the foreseeable future. So bandwidth, I want to be, I want to be able to work on exciting new things. Um, and you know, I need to shave time off where I can. And to be frank, like the, the video version of the podcast, uh, every, I mean, ever since the pandemic, just like, um, has kind of gone down. Uh, and I think that that time that is spent to do a video version, it's better spent on other video stuff. Um, so on the channel, um, you know, I, I, I might be blowing things up a little bit here and there. I've got, you know, the mandate that I need to keep NGT around. So if you like that show, you'll be, um, you'll still get those. Maybe not as many. I want to be more, um, more specific on what we do with that. Um, but you can expect probably the thing that makes me happy is more like original features. Um, I'm trying to figure out how to do that, you know, with bandwidth in mind, but I, I, I like talking, I like editing. I want to try to do more, more things that play to my strengths. So maybe a few more video essays, um, the big push. And we've been, I've been teasing this on social media for a while. I mean, if you follow me at okay beast, the thing I did previously, you'll know that, uh, it was like going to be the thing that I made. I put my name on, like I wanted to be part of, you know, this, this, it's not a movement, but like this format that is becoming ever increasingly popular in the industry, uh, documentaries. Um, we are video profiles, documentaries, whatever you want to call them. Um, I think that that is where I see my future at Game Informer, um, you know, and we have filmed two. We are filming another one likely in a few weeks. Um, few months, maybe. few months. I we'll mean, see. We, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Um, that has been something that I've wanted to do for a very long time. I think I'm, I'm good at it. I think, uh, Blake, Blake is involved, has been involved with, all of them, or not all of them, but most of them now. Um, and I think he's got a good eye for interesting stories. I think uh, I've got a good eye for interesting visuals and pulling that story together. And I think, I think as he said, we're a dynamic duo. I think we're a good team. Um, and yeah, I am. I'm excited to pursue that as Game Informer. I think we have uh, a long, rich history. Uh, as an outlet, we've been here for 30 years. We've got a lot of access that other people don't. We built up a lot of trust with people. I think um, there that we that that kind of video plays heavily to our strengths, uh, and it's something I'm interested in. Um, and I think there's a lot of room to to explore in that space. So uh, that is that is coming. I think the first one is going to land uh, either end of July, early August. Um, if you've seen on, on Twitter, I posted some teasers, you can, you know, zoom in and maybe figure out what game it was. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that's kind of the plan. Um, there, there's, there's more, but I'm still figuring it all out. Um, yeah, it's, it's very much like, oh yeah, you're leaving this week. I guess I need to figure out all that because <laughs> I was so... Wait, did I forget to tell you? Shoot. Yeah, dude, I'm <laughs> There's gone. just so much on a week-to-week basis that we have on our plates. Uh, also, just like original reporting in general on the YouTube page. I'm, I really love what um, uh, People Make Games does. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Noclip and Ar- Archipel. 
those are big inspirations for me. And, you know, whether, whether there's travel involved or not, um, that's the kind of stuff that excites me. And that's the kind of stuff I'm going to try to try to pursue. Um, and yeah, that's kind of where it's headed. Yeah. At least I, for this next, I hesitate to call it an era cause it's one guy this <laughs> next, this next, um, few years or a few months or whatever. I don't know when we're going to hire somebody else, but in the meantime, I'm going to do what I want to do with the approval, of course, of everyone else. But, right. uh, you got to make what makes you got to do what makes you happy at work. I think it also will be successful. Um, and yeah, I have ideas for other shows and stuff, but I, uh, to be frank, not ready to talk about that yet. Uh, E&D stream? D &D <laughs> yeah. Some of those People... might be better suited to like a personal channel kind of thing as well. Right. Um, I'm just, yeah. People are calling him the Casey Neistat at game journalism. <laughs> They it's have been, been saying that. Yeah. Uh, people just keep saying that. That's yeah. what you can expect. Person keeps saying that. You're right. Yeah. 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 I think that's a compliment. Casey Neistat. <laughs> and rules. I'm going to keep saying it. Yes. Casey Neistat <laughs> rules, man. Bring back the vlog. Don't bring back the vlog. It was very unhealthy for Casey. But man, that that side release changed. release that documentary though. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I really want to see that. I really yeah. want to see that. Yeah. And Alex, can I stream? Yeah. Can I do it like tonight? Yeah. <laughs> Just give me the login. I'm gonna take it over. You got you. We have plans tonight. No, you can't stream tonight. Oh yeah, we have plans. Yeah, we're going to see that after. your movie. You know, I can stream, stream that. Late. It. I can stream it after. Maybe like I'll I hop on Discord with you during yeah. the movie. Yeah, yeah. I'll stream yeah. the movie. I'll do an IRL stream with the boys. Yeah, with the fellas. I'm yeah. yeah, I'm taking it over. Reiner's gonna shut it down within a day. <laughs> but that's the plan. More documentary. Well, not more. I don't think we've really done them before, but uh also like look at the Street Fighter Six interview that that um I edited and did. Thanks to Marcus for helping me with that. It was just gonna be me at the interview and I was like, Hold up, I gotta do that. I gotta hold this camera. Can you just like ask the questions that I wrote down? And so <laughs> thank you to Marcus for helping pull that video together. Um, but like that's like there's a press cycle that we have to, you know, be a part of, but I do want to separate us from that. So we're less reliant on it. But when we are a part of it, like with street fighter, um, I felt like we got that video up like three weeks after other places did and it still did really well. And I think, you know, a lot of that is the presentation. I think we, yeah, we, I, I just want to, I just want to, my main goals is to make things look good, find interesting angles. And even if we can't find an interesting angle, there's there's certain times that like things have just been done many times before that like you're like okay well let me try to put that my spin on it so visuals are really important to me and uh, yeah so that's kind of the the long winded response right I think it's gonna be great this man's gonna knock it out of the park like his name Babe Ruth as he always does as he always does I think if if you if you rocked with me once Leo left and once Hanson left and like, I, that's something I'll always remember and be appreciative of is your patience with me as I found my footing. I ask that you give that to Van Aken as well, because like, you know, if you liked what we did, like things are going to get even better with him under, under that same uh, banner. So um, patience is, is needed, but know that like, I, like no, I like no bullshit. Like I've seen what he's been working on and it is fantastic. Like, um, 
easily the best shot stuff ever at, at Game Informer, better than I've ever done. Like, you know, so please, like, it is, it's going to be worth the wait. I, I guarantee it. So we got drone um, footage, man. We got drone footage. You kidding me? We you crashed a drone to get I, this footage. <laughs> I crashed my drone during one of our documentaries. And man sacrificed his drone for y'all. You better it's still show alive, up to watch but it. it's yeah. beaten and battered. <laughs> but it looks sick, dude. I can't wait for people to see that. But, well, yeah. my final sign off as the GI show host uh, is finally here. Uh, I've said it once. I'll say it again. I this community has meant so much to me. I. Appreciate you giving me a shot. I know where things were after the first layoffs. I know no one wanted to see a young buck come up, but three years later, here we are. It has been absolutely amazing. I, I leave with a heavy heart, but I am excited for the future. I know um, everything is I'm leaving is going to be in good hands. I I wish it was in more... I wanted to come here and leave it a better place, right? And I think... My person, like on a personal level, I think I've done that. I'm sad there's not more of us here. That I've heard anecdotes about, like how way. when you came in, like we, we, the the company was at its lowest, and you were one of those people that brought enthusiasm enthusiasm back to the workplace. And I think you definitely left that mark. Yeah, I I look back at that. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. There's just some things that it's like, was I just too naive of a kid? I don't know. But like, and that's and that's how I look at my content journey as well i hate that word but like you know i know i i came off broy at times or like let's go eat you know what i mean like it's just who i am but i really hope that i brought i could bring a smile to our viewers and listeners faces right like i i was just me you know for better or worse and i know it came off as as hammy sometimes but also like i hope that most people enjoyed it and uh we had some fun together and you know like i said there's a lot of stuff i wish i could have done but i'm so excited for what i'm going to do and i'm so excited for what this team is going to accomplish because it's going to be one of their greatest accomplishments accomplishments of all time and i can't wait to watch it as a fan and support them um like y'all have supported me for these three years so for one last time this has been episode uh 613 of the game informer show thank you be good to one another and we'll see you next time